Blog Talk Radio. Orlando is, is supposed to be a happy place, a place where you go to have a good time. But that was not a smiling Miami team that walked out of the Florida Citrus Bowl on Saturday night, all soiled and bloodied, its 2013 season ruined in a rout at the hands of the Louisville Cardinals. The Miami offense weakened by a depleted receiving core and an offensive line that just flat didn't show up had just 174 yards of total offense. The Miami defense was once again shredded, this time by Miami-grown Teddy Bridgewater to the tune of 447 yards in a 36-9 route that was way worse than the score indicated. So where do the Hurricanes go from here as 2013 comes to a close and we get ready to usher in the year 2014? That's what we're here to discuss and debate tonight. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to a new edition of Kane Sport Live. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com, and we're once again getting ready to embark on the fastest two hours in hurricane sports. As always, this is your show, and it will be driven by your participation. We have 50 open phone lines, so there's plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate. The call-in number is 646-595-2048. That's 646-595-2048. Over the past 24 hours, we asked Canesport.com subscribers to identify some of the topics that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show. Here's some of what they came up. Are any juniors on the team going to leave early? What has Al Golden done to show that he's a better game day coach than Randy Shannon was? Will Golden be a central figure in the Penn State coaching search? How far away are the Hurricanes from winning championships again? Why do the players appear to have little pride and not care? Why is there laughing on the sideline when they're getting bashed on the field? Will Golden make any coaching changes? What is, gonna, what is it going to take um, to get a big back in this recruiting class? What did Coach Golden mean after the game when he said that there was no timetable for the resurrection of the Hurricanes? Why is Miami having such a hard time recruiting area stars? And while we're on the subject of recruiting, I just returned from Orlando, where the Under Armour All-America All-Star Game practices were taking place. I was out there the past few days, got a chance to uh, visit with several Miami commitments and also kids that are still on the Miami wish list being recruited here in in the final month or so of recruiting. So we can also talk a little bit about that as well tonight. I'm sure there's going to be lots more topics that are going to come up as we go along. So let's not waste any time. Let's jump right into your phone calls. Again, the call-in number, 646-595-2048. That's 646-595-2048. I'm going to begin tonight in the 305, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, Gary. How are you? It's Bruce E.W. What's up, my man? Hey, what's up, Bruce? What's up, Brucey? I don't know. You saw me before the game the other day, but... I did see you I, up there. Yeah, well, um, I, I hope thank that God my you... seats were bad because I couldn't see the game, which was really turned out to be a blessing in disguise. I didn't see it. I hope that's not <laughs> all you did while in Orlando. I hope you found some other no. stuff to do as well. No, we did other stuff. Actually, we brought our dog up there. She had to go to um, a behavioralist. So <laughs> I guess I have a spoiled dog. She's got a nutritionist and a behavioralist. So anyway... Um, I don't know how it looked from where you were, but from where I was, I still can't believe what I saw. Uh, I don't know how they could look so bad after what, weeks of, of, of getting of preparation and to look 
so ill-prepared and to, to not be physical and to not be tough mentally or physically. And this is the thing that I thought, I guess you thought and everybody else thought, that Golden was going to bring to this team. I remember watching the game against Notre Dame in the bowl game a few years ago, and he got into the booth and he said, you know, we're going to run the ball and we're going to be physical, and here we are three, four years later, and I don't see it. So, I mean, what, what, do, you, what do you think is going on that your entire Kane Sport page of, of Gary Furman's you know, room is, is loaded with these types of questions? What the hell is going on? Well, I mean, I think it's a, it's obviously pretty complex. I mean, you saw. I mean, the first thing is clearly there's problems that need to be addressed, and um, you know the onus is on Coach Golden to be realistic about those problems and address them. And uh, this is a critical moment in his career at Miami, and several of the coaches before him have been in similar moments. And you know, you have to be able to take a step back and be honest about some of the things that are going on and figure out what you need to do to quickly change them. And that's where I think he is right now. Now, you know, what he's going to decide to do, I have no idea. Um, he did not have a post-game press conference uh, meeting with the media like he usually has after this game. My, my guess is he's, he, he, you know, he wants to just relax for a day or two, not make any judgments or decisions um, on, a, on a snap judgment basis. He wants to reflect a little bit, I imagine. Um, but this is a very loyal man, and, and this is not a guy that is going to look to make changes easily. And um, he's going to have to really be convinced in his mind that there's things he needs to do. Now, you know, what happened in the game? Uh, let, let's attack it maybe section by section. Um, let's start with the offense. Uh, what I think happened was when you take Philip Dorsett and Herb Waters um, out of the equation – and you put an Alan Hearns out there who's, you know, maybe about 70%, didn't have his full speed. Um, you've, you've seriously depleted your passing game in conjunction with missing Duke Johnson, uh, your biggest playmaker on offense. And um, I think it, was, it really weakened them. And the only way they were going to be able to survive that was going to be if the offensive line showed up and played its best game of the year and compensated – for those losses by opening holes for players like Dallas Crawford, um, Gus Edwards, who aren't as good as Duke Johnson and Philip Dorsett and Herb Waters. And, um, you know, that didn't even come close to happening as everybody saw. I mean, they, they, they were total no-shows. Uh, I think they were totally rattled by the pressure that Louisville was bringing, and Louisville was blitzing on almost every play. Um, and I don't think they showed a lot of toughness and resolve, and they, they just didn't battle the way they needed to battle, and the end result of that was 100 and um, I think it was 47. Uh, let me see total total offense of 174 yards for the night, um, zero for 11 on third downs, largely because uh, they were not picking up the blitzes and Stephen Morris did not have time to throw in conjunction with the receiving core being weakened. And uh, it, it was just ugly. And then, you know, of course, it turned into a game where you would have had to score 40 points to win because of the way Teddy Bridgewater was playing. So, you know, we could jump to the defense next, Brucey. But, but you know, let's I, stick I, to the I, offense for a minute. I'm looking uh, yeah, at this I was, offense. I was going to say, let's stick to the offense first and let's yeah, put yeah. that to bed. First of all, I'm looking yeah. at this, and I'm seeing, I'm seeing Dallas Crawford in the first few plays go nowhere. So I'm thinking, and I had thought, because I watched what you watched all year, 
And I thought Eduardo Clements should have been back there. Not to say he's the greatest, but he's a tough kid. And him and Edwards should have been carrying the ball, and Crawford should have been in as a change of pace guy, not the other way around. And I think that the offensive line should be ashamed of themselves. I mean, they looked like they were physically bigger than Louisville, and Louisville was, they were standing up at the line of scrimmage. To me, there's no excuse for not being able to pound them, run right at them, and then throw when they wanted to throw. They, were throw, they just gave up. Um, and, yeah, the, the pass rush, I believe, was a, was a byproduct of not being able to run the ball. But when you have 100 and, you know, Dallas Crawford is just not a big guy. He's just not. In the first couple of plays, he couldn't go anywhere. And you can't run him wide. You can't run wide on Louisville. So you run at them. That's why I thought um, that, that uh, Clement should have been running the ball and Edwards should have been running the ball more. Well, Clement. And throw to the tight end. Just throw quick outs or Ed, do something Eduardo's quick. Eduardo's not big either, Bruce. Eduardo's I know he's not, bad. but he runs tough. He's yeah. a tough guy. But, but he doesn't Dal- just you know, get... Dallas runs tough, too. I mean, he, he had 12 touchdowns, I believe it was, this year. I mean, you know, he, he runs tough also. They're really almost clones of each other, in, in, in all honesty. Yeah, and, and then we also talked about this. So where's the screen pass? I think I learned that in the first grade. If they're going to come after you like that, you throw a screen. They had one little pass even that was more, batted he down. Can, he never executes the pass. I don't know if you've noticed, every time they call a screen pass, it gets, the ball gets batted down by the defensive end. He can't. Well, he he's can't also not ball. letting them. He's, he's supposed to be dropping back further and setting up the screen, but he's, it's, that's, that's not really like a screen. That's almost like a little he's dump pass executing. that he's been doing. He's, he's just not executing it. It's poorly and, uh, executed. But, the whole thing is. But just just to finish your thought on the running backs, I, I think a lot of the game plan did revolve around getting Gus Edwards, a bigger back, the football quite a bit. But the problem was the offensive line wasn't playing well enough to make that effective. And then you mm-hmm. you fell behind in the ball game, and now you got to throw. And then on top of it, you can't convert a third down, so you're only running 55 plays in the game. So yeah, and, you know, a fourth, and a fourth down at midfield that they probably shouldn't have gone for. Right. So you know you, you're just you're toast. You know when yep. your team shows up as bad as it showed up the other night, you're toast, and nothing's gonna happen, and nothing's gonna work. Uh, and it is what it is. You know, it's go home and but let's let's, let's skip the defense for a minute because I don't. You know, I, I'm sure there's other people that want to talk, but let's because we know they're horrible. That side of the ball is horrible. Uh, going back to what you said before about Golden, he, he I don't think he can afford to be stubborn. First of all, now I think the um, he, he's not the, the, he's not what we all thought he was going to be because after three years, if we're not seeing improvement, we're not seeing improvement. That's for certain. Uh, I think the jury's now out on him. Maybe he's over his head. But, and it is kind of hard to believe that his entire staff is bad, but something has to be done. And I think if it's not done, I think there's going to be a lot of people that are just going to say, you know what, screw it. I'm not going to buy tickets in, until they show me. Because I, I think there's a lot of us now that are just, just you know, we're just disgusted. And, that, and it was the performance well, that bothered me. Losing is one thing. The way they lost is despicable. Well, from the coaching staff standpoint, he's, he's really between a rock and a hard place because you why? have a fan base. Well, I'm going to tell you why. Because the fan base is just assuming that it's all Mark D'Onofrio's fault. And no, no, we're not. We were pointing fingers at Kehoe and a lot of other people, too. Yeah, well, it's well, not just you know, D'Onofrio, that's for sure. It, it's definitely not just Mark D'Onofrio's fault. Now, I you agree. Know, Mark, Mark D'Onofrio is his wingman. Mark D'Onofrio is his best friend. Mark D'Onofrio is the guy that turned down the head coaching job at Temple to come here to Miami with him. Mark D'Onofrio is a $500,000 a year defensive coordinator um, who I'm, I'm, I imagine has a contract in addition to being uh, 
Al Golden's, you know, wingman and, and best They'll friend. They'll reassign so, him. You give him some so, other position well, and bring in somebody else. Well, it's not that easy, Bruce. And, and you know, the first thing he, the first thing he has to be, decide is whose fault is this? Now, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I was told by football people that I trust three years ago that Mark D'Onofrio did not have enough help from a coaching standpoint on the defensive side of the football. And, you know, I think that's really, in all honesty, been pretty apparent for the last couple seasons. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not totally sold that it's, that it's, that D'Onofrio has to be fired for this thing to, to make some forward movement steps. But I, I do feel pretty sure that they need a chemistry change and they can't just come back with the same four guys coaching the defense and expect things to be better next year. Uh, so, you know, Al Golden is in a really tough spot because first he has to make the determination on his coordinator, and we just went through the, the factors there, and then he's got to do individual evaluations on the guys coaching his position groups. And, All right, um, so if he, if he changes the position coaches, but the scheme remains the same, I'm not too sure they're going to be that much not, better, it's, even, it's even an influx of new talent. Brucey, it's not just a scheme issue. I mean, think think about what you saw the other night. Um, you know, yes, they have issues with underneath passes and things like that, but a lot of that is the kids playing scared. You know, th- th- this is a team that as soon as things go bad, they go into a shell. Now, a couple of those long touchdown passes that were given up the other night, one of them, um, the one that comes to my mind first is the Artie Burns play. Um, and Artie Burns potentially is going to be a very good cornerback, but his technique on that play was absolutely horrible. And Correct. he was that he, he 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 was there. I mean, Mark D'Onofrio had him in the right place, but he he whiffed on the play. Um, you know, just because he his fundamentals and his technique broke down. Well, that's the you know if you're going to blame a coach for that, you know that falls on the defensive backs coach. And you know I think all year long. You know, you've seen a lot of, you know, poor technique and things like that. You've seen poor angles taken by the safeties. Um, poor tackling. Uh, yeah, Burns, poor, he whiffed on a, on a tackle on a little out pattern, and the guy ran up the, ran up the field for like another 20 or 30 yards. Correct. Remember that I play? Mean, yeah, I mean, this is a team that the fundamentals are breaking down way too often. The mental side of the game is breaking down way too often. And, you know, Mark D'Onofrio's job, is to get players in position to make plays. And that's why I say I don't feel like there's definitive proof that this is a, a, a one-man scapegoat deal. I mean, I feel pretty certain it's not. Um, I think it's a combination. Yeah, but I don't care that he's his best friend or his buddy, and I think a lot of people don't care. They don't well, care. No, nobody nobody cares. In fact, in fact I'm positive cares. nobody gives a damn. So he has, to, know, he has to find within himself to do what's best for this school because if he keeps this guy and we saw well, no evidence that they're going to get better. What? He's putting himself at jeopardy, but he also has a contract. Bingo. He also has a nine-year contract with buyouts and things like that. So, okay. you know, job security is not an issue for Al Golden. Okay. And, well, um, you know, it's like asking you, Bruce, to fire your best friend. And, you know, I don't know who you would consider your best friend. I mean, obviously, I do know some of your friends, and we don't need to talk about them on the I air. Fire, I fire Neil but, in a but, minute. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, you know, when you ask somebody – you know, you're talking about family relationships. You, you know, th- these things run really deep. You're talking about a couple guys that have grown up together, who played together, uh, who have coached together. Uh, you know, it, you don't just throw a guy like that out on the street, you know, unless you're just ruthless, you know. Well, what, is he, and what is he watching that he would not even think to do that? You know, well, and, and why can't he? 
he he might not feel it's his fault, you know. And you know, we could go on and on on this subject for um, you know, forever, obviously. But you know, we don't. But know he's the point man, though, that everybody sees. I could see getting rid of Franklin and the other guys. I don't have a problem with that. But uh, he's the point man, and everybody's looking at him, and nothing's really changed. And I, uh, me personally, I look at the kids that are coming in next year, and I think these kids are going to perform the same way as long as this coaching staff is here. That's what I, that's what for, I believe. For starters, it's unrealistic to ex- expect freshmen to walk through the door and bail this defense out. I'll, I'll, so, I'll go three so, years ahead, Gary. I still don't think they're going to be any better with these well, guys they coaching. Should be, they should be better by 2015, Bruce. They're going to have a lot better players in a couple years if this recruiting class stays together. But, you know, the, the thing is that I'm not sure it really matters what, uh, uh, what scheme they're running. I mean, everyone keeps getting hung up on this whole – three, four thing. I bet you if you charted it, and, and I would love to see somebody take the time to go through a, a few games and, and do a count, um, but I, I mean, they, they play 4-3, and to my eyes, as much as they play 3-4, I don't think it's whether you're lining up in, in 4-3 or 3-4 or 5-2 or, or what coverages you're, you're, you're playing. I think it's a matter of Guys just fundamentally being solid and mentally being solid, knowing what they're supposed to do, being in the right positions, and not playing scared. You know, if Gary, they clearly don't have any speed up front. Let me tell you something. I'm watching the other night. It's third and six, and I'm watching Ladarius Gunther lining up ten yards behind the line of scrimmage. You can't. I mean, how do you do that? Right. You can't do. You can't do that. Uh, and of so, course, whose they, fault is that? Is that not D'Onofrio's fault for tell, for not not making these changes? I, I don't know if he's supposed to line up. They've that been doing far this back. for years. I mean, listen. You I know, I talked to Dwayne Starks. He's, he he looks at those games and he he just, he, he cringes. He can't believe well, they're not jamming these that's guys. That's their problem. That's their problem. And but, you know, but I don't that's know. That's D'Onofrio's fault. Well, I, I don't know. It, 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 you would think it would be on face value. Um, yeah. You would think it would it would get corrected on face value. Um, but they're just not – they're not giving themselves a chance. Uh, you know, the other thing that I notice, they're playing way too many guys. It's like yeah. – and, and this, like, I almost, I almost jumped out of, um, out of the, the press box the other night when it's early in the second quarter. And the defense had actually been playing pretty well in the first quarter. They held them to a couple field goals. Louisville was one-dimensional. They were unable to run the football. The defensive line was doing a decent job against the run. They weren't getting pressure on the passer, but they were at least stuffing the run. And then all of a sudden, Earl Moore and Raphael Kirby were inserted into the game. Now, mm-hmm. now why? Okay, why? Now, Louisville goes, and I'm gonna, I'm, while I'm talking, I'm, I actually have to – I'm going to find the play-by-play because I, I got it right in front of me. But they go from about their 20-yard line to the Miami 30, predominantly running the football. This was after not being able to run the, the entire game. They, they put the, the third-team guys in and they ran the football right down the field to get inside the 30. And then the subs came back in, and uh, on the next play was that touchdown pass. I believe it was the Artie Burns play that we were just talking about. But Louisville ran the ball in the first quarter seven times for 16 yards. Um, and then in the, in the second quarter, um, thanks to that one drive, and I'm going to try to find it here in, in my play-by-play, um, they ran the ball um, – Give me a second here. I'm going to tell you, but this was a, I thought this was a big factor in in the ball game. They had 49 yards at halftime, and most of those extra yards came on this one possession early in the second quarter when um, when the subs went in, and they went yeah they went from let's see they went from their own 20 um, to the Miami 26 um, in that 
in that march they had a, a nine yard run um they had a six yard run and they had a they had a seven yard run um to help them get down there uh before the twenty six yard uh touchdown pass they had more rushing yards in that one drive than they had the entire first quarter. Um, and, and I thought it was due to the substitutions that took place. And there's no way that guys are gassed at that point in the ball game to where you've got to bring in third-team guys. And, right, I, and, it's, and it's not even hot outside or muggy. It was, no, just, it was nice mean, out. To me, this has been a problem for two years. They try to play way too many kids. Uh, you can't get that many kids ready to play, number one. Number two, your talent level is nowhere near close to good enough to where your third team should ever be on the field and and I just think they make it hard for themselves to be successful when you factor in all these other things. So Right, but that I mean, but that's the not for you. And the other thing is, guy, you noticed this cuz I did. And a lot of people on the board are complaining, a lot of people at the game. On one play, Muhammad had a guy who was covering a, a guy in the slot, and another play, uh, McCord was covering a guy in a slot and they just changed the play and they went right to McCord's guy on a slant and he gained about 20 yards. He makes the tackle, but but you know, this they notice these things, and of these course. guys are just – why do you have – on one play, Shayon Green is in, in, out in space covering somebody. How do we get mismatched like that? What the hell is going on that this, it, is, this it, has been going on most of this season? I don't get it. Listen, that, that game the other night was a, was, a, was a coaching clinic by Louisville. Let's be honest. That, that Louisville coaching staff, their offensive coordinator, I thought, called a magical game. Yeah, uh, he did. Their, their defensive coordinator totally shut down – uh, the Miami offense. I, I I thought that was just an absolutely brilliantly coached uh, bowl game by the Louisville coaching staff, and and you got to give them a lot of credit. Um, but the the bottom line, Brucey, just to sum it all up, the deep. We've been saying this for the last two months. The defensive side of the football is a total disaster right now, and, and that's Al Golden's first chore is to attack that and fix it. And then the second one, when he gets to the offense, they got to figure out why. They're failing so badly on third down. Yeah, well, they're probably not doing too well on first and second down. They're, they're, they're every, it just seems like well, every time they, they throw a pass on first down, they line up, you could just you know they're going to run the ball on second down, and they get stuck. Well, they're, but, well, they're trying to get some yardage so they're not in third and long. You know? I, I know, but you know what? The big difference is, is now I, I have been really disappointed in Stephen Morris. He, he, what, I, what I see out of this, he's got a cannon for an arm, but he's not a quarterback. It's like someone who's a pitcher, they're throwers, but they're not really pitchers. There's guys that could throw the ball 98 miles an hour, but they can't. They're not real pitchers. He's, he's got a, a great arm, but he's not a quarterback. So you see that was one play, he rolls out, and he should have run. He throws a pass to nobody. Could have picked up yardage. He just doesn't have it. Now, now we're going into a year with a senior in Ryan Williams and three kids next year, hopefully, Razier Olsen and Kaya. Well, for me, one of those three kids has got to step up because I don't want to see a guy play for one year and then he's gone and then we're starting all over again. I'd rather see him get a quarterback, even if they go 7-5. and five. I'm looking forward. I think we need to start getting a quarterback who's mobile, who could make plays, who's smart. One of those three kids is going to have to step up and do it. That's well. I, that's I think what I'm looking gonna, at. I think it's going to depend. I, you know, I, I think Kaya would probably have been the most ready, uh, but he's not coming in until the summertime now, so it's going to be pretty tough. I, I think you're looking at redshirt years for Kaya and Rozier next year. Um, Kevin Olson would probably be the guy that would be available to help out a little bit if if they need him. Um, if assuming Ryan Williams stays healthy, uh, and then you're looking at an all-out competition in spring practice, um, at least on the on face value. That's what it looks like right now. Um, so we'll see. You know, I, I, I like this Brad Kaya kid. I, I actually 
got the chance to spend a, a, a little bit of time with him the last couple of days up in Orlando. Uh, he came up for the game and, and, um, and then he came out to the Under Armour practices yesterday and um, spent about an hour talking to him and his dad. And I, I really like the kid. You know, I think he's, uh, you know, I think he's got the right mindset to be, to be, to be very good. Uh, when you watch his film, uh, his mechanics do break down sometimes right now. I mean, he, you know, he's a high school kid. He's going to need some coaching and probably is going to need a good year of working on all those things. Um, but he's, he's a tall, lanky kid. And, and, you know, I think he, he shows a lot of potential. He just won the state championship in California, uh, which is a huge deal. And, you know, a lot of really good players out there. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think that's encouraging. And, you know, he's very excited to be a hurricane and, uh, you know, has, says all the right things has all the right attitudes, and I, I met his dad, who's also a really nice guy. So I'm, I'm encouraged about, about Brad Kaya. And then when you watch Rozier, you know, I think there's some things that he's going to bring to the table as a, as a sort of like a multi-purpose quarterback who can, who can maybe run at times and, and, and create some mismatches and do some things. So, you know, I don't know how they build the offense around those two guys. Um, but, and then we'll also have to see how Kevin Olsen develops. But, uh, you know, I think the quarterback position going forward uh, does have some uh, things to be excited about. And you're right about Stephen Morris. He had a horrible season this year. Uh, and now he's gone. And, you know, he's going to go t- try to carve a career for himself in the National Football League. And, you know, Miami has to move on. But it, it was really driven home with an exclamation point on Saturday night when you watched how well Teddy Bridgewater played what that level of play from a quarterback can mean to a football team. And that's why Florida State is probably going to win the national title on Monday night because they found that young quarterback who can play at that level. And now the onus is on Miami to do the same as Jameis Winston trans- transitions into the NFL uh, two years from now. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Right. I'm just, I'm, I'm just right, disappointed with the attitude, though. The, the attitude's got to change. The laughing on the sideline is becoming like a, it's an epidemic already, and it's, it's, it's unacceptable. And I, well, again, I, mean, I said this earlier, I can't believe when Golden got here that this was going to be the result. I, I, it, it, it's a team that got too comfortable losing, Bruce. You know, they're yeah. too comfortable. You know, they, they've lost so much the last few years um, that they're accepting defeat uh, way too easily. And, and you're right, that's something that has to change. And, uh, Yes, that that should be an Al Golden strength because you know he's all about toughness and and deserving victory and all those things. But uh, you know, right now I think there's so many issues that you know maybe that's getting lost a little bit. And uh, now they have nine months to fix it. I'm going to let some other I'm going to let some other people get in here. Um, have a happy you know, and a healthy. You too. Thanks for calling. All right, You're all right six six four six five nine five two zero four eight six four six five nine five two zero four eight Let's go out now to the 850, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, Gary. What's up, man? Who's this? Hey, it's Jerry, Gary. It's Jerry. Jerry from Tallahassee? Yeah, man. What's up? Oh, my God, Jerry. Where have you been? Hey, I, I've been watching the hurricane, man. It's so good to hear from you. You know, for people, you know, people listening obviously don't know you, but... Um, you know, you've been one of our subscribers for many, many years and are one of the more passionate Hurricane fans out there in the country. And I'm, I know you live and die with your Canes, and uh, I'm sure you've been hurting pretty bad the last few days. Oh, y'all, y'all, man, Gary, I've been to miserable, man. It's killing me, y'all, to see the Hurricane playing like this, man. Well, you know, you uh, just gotta, you just got to hope they get it fixed, you know, Jerry? 
Yeah, I hope they do because something needs to be done bad, Jerry, because we, we play awful football. And like the guy just said, we, uh, they, don't, they don't play tough anymore. They're not playing tough football anymore. Like you oh, said, like that joke just... and, and laughing around on the sideline, man, they got to get tough. They, they're not tough enough. You know, like you know, like I just discussed with Bruce, you you know, it looks like they've just gotten way too used to losing, you know. Yeah, and about it by the player. What is Cigarro? I don't know if he'll play anymore. Well, he's been hurt the last few games. He he he's a, he was on the injured list uh, the last few weeks, so he's on the shelf till next year. But I mean, I gotta believe by next year he'll have figured out what he's supposed to do and we'll get on the field. He's he's by far their most physically gifted defensive player right now. And, you know, they need him to be able to play. And and I was kind of shocked that, you know, he didn't emerge this year. You know, I thought with being at spring practice and get, going through the summer workouts and everything that he'd be ready to go this fall, even though it's his first year. Um, but I guess it was just too much for him to handle. And the coaches didn't feel confident enough to put him out there. And, uh, you know, he has got to be ready to go next year. I mean, this is a kid that has the type of, of physical ability that this defense needs and that everybody out there is looking for um, from the Miami defense. So imperative in the offseason that that guy um, be developed, get his act together, and be ready to go for the fall. Yeah, I hope so, because when he did play, uh, Gary, he looked pretty good at times when he did play. Gary, he's, he's phenomenal. Yeah. He, he's, he's so athletically gifted. He's a big linebacker. Um, everything you could want, he, he brings yeah. to the table other than, I guess, knowing what he's supposed to do and, and being sharp with the mental side of the game. And, uh, you know, like I said, hopefully he gets it together here. Well, let's hope they get him ready to play because we're going to definitely need him. Yes, and sir. The other, and the other kid, what blue name at? Blue and Hope, all those guys, what those um, guys at? Pretty obvious that they're never going to play here. I mean, it, let me put it this way. If they're a defensive player and they didn't get on the field very much this year, um, I think you can pretty much accept that they're never going to get on the field. You know, uh, you know, Blue, Hope, you know, those guys. I mean, I'd even be concerned about guys like Jelani Hamilton. Um, you know, you would have thought he might have gotten a little bit more this year. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, Jerry. A lot of scholarships going to waste. I know that's right. That's what, that's what me and one of my nephews would be saying. We got a lot of people on the team that don't never even play. No, they got to do a better job of evaluating in recruiting. Cannot keep missing on on so many guys, you know. Exactly. Cause I thought Lejean Hamilton out of Fort Lauderdale. I thought he'll be ready to play playing St. Thomas down there. Yep. So, uh, I well, he was hurt. You no, know, he hurt his he knee early in his career, and you know he's been kind of coming. You know, then he got hurt again I, in spring practice. So you know he's been he's been battling some injuries and stuff, and. Uh, Probably has some attitude issues as well, uh, without question, and uh, just has to grow up and get his act together. Some of them do, some of them don't. Look at Chantrell Henderson, went just went through an entire career here, and never I really know. got his act together, you know. I, and that's I a guy know, that right? could have been a top five NFL pick. <laughs> some of them get it together, yeah. some of them don't. Okay, yeah. And All right, I, Jerry, I, everybody, everybody be asking about the defense, and, and I. I, I and I see it need to be six two then, uh, Jerry. So I don't know. I'm just waiting to see what's going to happen. Yes, sir. Well, we got we got what nine months here to wait. So yeah, they have a, they, they, Al Golden has a lot of time to fix the problems. He just has to identify them and, and figure out what he needs to do to get it corrected. 
Uh, it was good talking to you, uh, Jerry. Yeah, great I ain't talking been to you, Jerry. In a long time, man. I got to get up back up with you then, now. Yeah, you gotta and you gotta call our show more often. We'll we'll have we'll have shows during the off season, so uh, make sure you uh, you call another time. All right, well keep me online, uh, Jerry. Oh, you want to stay on hold? Okay, Jerry, we'll keep you on hold. All right, let's go out now to the seven one eight where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Hey, Gary, what's up? BK Hurricane. Hey, what's up, BK? How you doing tonight? What's going on, Gary? Oh man, I'm a little tired. Um, spent the day up in Orlando. And- <laughs> Spent, the, spent actually the last two days up in Orlando, then raced back down the turnpike here to be here with you guys tonight. So, um, yeah, Garrett, yeah. Uh, oh man, I don't know where to start. Like to say that. All right, granted, I watched the game. You know, I knew we had some deficiencies and things of that nature, but I mean, I just didn't. I just didn't expect that these kids would be so unprepared. It's it's like they didn't know what was going on out there. Well, I mean, I was in shock. I was like, "Oh my god!" Okay, they could lose. I said, "All right, these guys could lose, but just don't lose like this. Just do not lose well, like this on national it, TV." I think the unprepared part came in on the offensive side of the ball with the offensive line. You know, they looked very unprepared. Um, the defense, I thought, was prepared. They just were getting beat, and you know, quite honestly, I don't think they have the talent right now to match up with a quarterback who was playing at the level that Teddy Bridgewater was playing at. I mean, anytime they had him, he got away. Uh, every pass he threw was, was perfect. I mean, was right where it needed to be, where only his receiver could catch it. Did not come close to throwing an interception. I mean, he played at, a, at an NFL level the other night. And, and was Teddy just was very impressive. He was very yeah, impressive. And- I, was, I was impressed looking at the kid. I was having – dreams wow you know what if he would have came here but i don't think he would have been as good if he came here because why do you, you say that tell teddy bridgewater was developed over at louisville like he you know they developed this kid and i just yeah, don't see don't that kind of james development coley going on and, here and, in Miami. Jed, but jed fish and james coley you know would have developed him the same way uh, more jed fish like, maybe but ever since jed fish left i'm not impressed with with what especially with what happened to stephen morris you know granted he was injured a little bit but he kind of went backwards, like his mechanics totally broke down from the year before. Yeah, but you, yeah, but you can't blame that on James Coley. Well, I mean, you know, he got he got hurt. You know, I mean, Stephen Morris played well the first game or two of the year. Mm-hmm. He he didn't have a he he didn't throw the ball poorly against Florida, and you know he got hurt, and that yeah. set him back, and he became a a mental and physical mess, and yeah. really never he never recovered. I thought he played a really good game at Pittsburgh. That was probably his best game of the year. Um, mm-hmm. But he didn't have his receivers on Saturday night. I mean, you, t- you can't... He did if, have some talented guys out there, Gary. Still he had Alan Hearns playing at 70%, and he had Stacey Coley, a true freshman. He had Stacey Coley. You had Clive Walford. When Clive Walford caught yeah, the ball, he did something nice. I yeah, mean, Clive had a few nice plays. He had there, options the there, but they just didn't... They refused but to not like not, still. But, he, but not like they would normally have. I mean, come on. You, when you take... Um, Hearns, I mean not Hearns. When you take Waters and Dorsett yeah. both both out, I mean that that that's huge. And then Rashawn Scott gets suspended. So I mean, so you're running the same couple receivers he, the whole night. That's what happened. He got suspended. Yeah, so they're running the same couple receivers the whole night. I mean, you, you, those kids get you know they get they, well. I'm not gonna say they got exhausted because they only had 55 plays, but right. but you know Hearns was was far from running full speed. You know, it, it was tough. You know, every you noticed they tried to go to Stacy Coley almost every play, mm-hmm. but 
you know, Louisville picked up on that. You know, they were all over Stacey Coley. I mean, Stacey Coley is the most explosive receiver on the team this year. So, you know, when they're game planning, they're aware of Stacey Coley. And then when you take those other guys out, now they can really um, slide their coverage towards them. It was yeah, just tough, you know. The only way – More to Walford because when – you know, he made a couple of good plays out there when he yeah. did get the looks, you know. Yeah, I mean, they probably could have done that, but, you know, they didn't have enough plays. They, they couldn't convert a third down. They kept getting off the field. It was, it was just horrible, you know. And right. the, the, the only way they were going to have any chance in that game was if the offensive line stepped up, and they did the opposite. <laughs> yeah. You know, total mess. Gary, do, you think, do you think that this is just, at this point where we are now, this is officially a total rebuild all over again? No. Because you still have some very, very, very good talent on the offensive side of the football. Oh, right. Um, I mean, I understand that, but we're going to be breaking in a new offensive line next year. It's not a total rebuild. Yeah, but, you know, yeah, but you've got... If Perryman leaves new linebackers. Yeah, but you've got... sounds like a total rebuild to me. Well, you've got Feliciano coming back on the offensive line. Uh, You've got McDermott coming back on the offensive line. You've got Flowers coming back, right. But we rotated in so many guys this year. No, but so I'm just saying three, three of your you got three, but you got three starters coming back. That's a good foundation, okay. And then you got Danny Isadora, who's probably going to slide into one guard position. He'll have been with the program a couple years now. He should, you know, have a pretty good grasp of the offense, even though he hasn't played very much. I and hope then, so. and then at, at the right tackle, I'm expecting uh, Casey McDermott to come in. He's going to be really? an early entry. Yeah, he's going to be an early entry. Um, As a freshman. Well, Next month. yeah, Flowers he, did it as a freshman, so yeah, sure, why not? Well, Casey's, Casey's got the got the body now. He's going to have nine months in the weight room. He's going to go through spring practice, so he's going to know the offense. He's a smart kid, and I really think there's a great chance that he'll be the starting right tackle next year. Um, uh, you know, unless Taylor Gadbois or, or, or Hunter Wells or one of those guys gets their act together, but... Um, you know, I really think Casey McDermott has a chance to start next year. So, you know, I think the offensive line, you know, will be okay. They're still going to be lacking depth, um, but you know, I, I, I think they'll be line okay. Is a mess. Um, what the defensive line? Yeah, that's a, it's going to be a mess. Oh yeah, no, the defense is going to be a mess again next year. I don't care who the coordinator is. I don't care whether they line up at four three, three four. You know, six five five. You throw any combination out there you want. The defense is going to be challenged next year. Um, right. I, I think if the defensive rebuild is two years away, um, and next year is going to be a, a struggle no matter who's running it. But, you know, to me, so whatever you we were saying that, that three years ago. Well, yeah, you know, but they, give they haven't recruited. Three years. Give them three they years. They haven't, we're, right, they didn't recruit. They haven't recruited. graded in well. three years. And, and these are players that they recruited. So I I'm agree. beginning to think well, that I'm they're, not saying that the evaluation they're not recruiting today, well. On the evaluations days. right now are very fair. And any criticism that goes in that direction is very fair. Okay, you're absolutely right. I said you have to give him three years before you can fairly judge him, and now it's the end of year three. And you're not going to hear me back down on that. I think three years is a fair amount of time to build something tangible. Um, And what was there the last two years has not been good enough. And, you know, Al Golden's has to very quickly figure out why. And if that involves changing coaches, he needs to change coaches. Um, because like I said, the, the results are not, to me, and this is obviously an opinion, 
I don't think they're going to show up immediately next year. I think you, you can, next year is a transition year on defense where you're building towards 2015 and 2016. And that doesn't mean you have to give up 500 yards a game, but I'm not convinced it's going to be a championship defense as soon as next year. In fact, I feel pretty certain it's not but going to be a championship But do we give them to 2016? I mean, next oh. year is going to be a scary year for us. We're breaking in a new quarterback. New yeah. guys, and the competition is going to be a lot stiffer. So, will seven and five next year be okay? Like, will it just be okay? Well, it's not going to be okay. Jumping off it, the bridge. No, it's not going to be okay to the fans. No question about it. But it'll be okay but, to Golden. The seven and five will be okay. I'm not. No, he would not say that for sure. But, <laughs> seven and five but is I, not going to come to him next year. To, to, to me, and my eye, uh, you, I mean, this year I said nine wins, and I was spot on. Right. Okay, next next year, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be saying seven or eight. Right, I'm thinking seven <laughs> or eight. I kind of looked over. I'm thinking, man, this is going to be tough. Seven or yeah. eight wins, and then what? The fan base is is. is and then we'll so reevaluate crazy. it. That we'll, we'll evaluate at that point. And and the reason for that is they there have been way too many recruiting mistakes over the last not just three years, really the last five years, and too many great players from South Florida are getting away from this program. And, you know, you've seen, you know, the lists have been all over the place. You know, they're on the message boards every day. I mean, it, it's ugliness. I mean, it, it's just, you know, it, it, it's just, it's a bad statement. That right. so and many everybody keeps South saying, if we win, win, they will come. But as long as we don't win, we're going to miss out on these guys. You know, we're going to miss out on these guys. Well, unless the they guys decide who really want to come to Miami, regardless of what happens, they'll come to no, Miami. Like I, I don't Wisconsin, agree. They'll I, come. I mean, that might. But if that those might guys be... that are on the fence, they're out of here. Okay, but you know something? Back when Miami was rebuilding, the last few times, those local kids that were great players, they came anyway. Miami wasn't winning when Michael Irvin came to Miami. You know, Miami right, was. They had a, all... Right, right. But there's every recruiting class. You know, like every time you get a new coach, you see that influx of talent, and then. And then let's see what happens with the coach. If the coach continues to win, the following year he gets more guys. Then he gets Look, more South guys. Florida we had a great opportunity when we got Duke Johnson to win because then more more kids would have followed Duke Johnson. Yeah, well, now he's but down to two We got years, Duke so. Johnson, and then we, then we wet the bed. I'm not going. Down to his last two. But you know what? These South Florida kids and coaches must take ownership of their football program for this thing to really reach the level that you see an Alabama at right now, a Florida they have State to, at. Because too many, too, too many schools are coming into South Florida saying, listen, Miami's not going anywhere anytime soon. Come here. You can win right now. Hey, Alex Come to Alabama. Collins. Come to Auburn. Alex come, Collins in Denver. Now Kirkland. it's even come to Louisville and win. Well, Alex Collins and Denver Kirkland alone were all freshman SEC this year. Yeah. You know, how yeah. how much better would this offense have been with a big back like Alex Collins to to work in tandem with Duke? I mean, yeah. come on. You can't overcome that. It's yeah. like you've got to get those kids. They, they you know? did not, you know, for whatever reason, call it Randy Shannon or whatever, did his magic and got him to come to Arkansas. Yeah, but, you know, they did well, Give him credit. They did a good job. Yeah. All right, BK, I'm going to let some other people get on. Thanks so much for calling tonight. All right, Gary. All right, we'll talk to you next time. 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. Let's go back up to the 850, which is Tallahassee, and you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? I was good, Gary. 
Doing good. Who's this? It's Jay. What's up, Jay? What you got for us? What's up, man? Look, we as a U.S. fan, we we aggravated out here, man. I'm, I'm not giving any guy no passes. The team, we look like we look like we look like trash. We look like shit out here, man. Like I heard you say earlier about um um I can't even remember his name. I've been so aggravated all week. Uh, Gunner playing ten yards off the ball. That that's been happening all season. That ain't that ain't really it, nothing it, new. It's maddening. I don't. I don't. I don't understand it. I'll be honest with you. I don't get it. Like it's third and five. You can't line up ten yards down the field. Yeah, you can't. And, and, and I, I, I believe it could be both. It could be athletes. It could be lack of athleticism. But I'm just, I'm putting everything on these coaches, man. I mean, I mean, Golden kind of in the hot seat, but Denofrio he in the hot seat. I'm not giving this guy no more passes. Some people like him. Some people say scheme. At this point right now, it don't even really matter. I just want to see somebody new coaching these kids. I don't see no growth. I mean, I don't see no development. I mean, you got kids coming there supposed to be four-star, five-stars, and, like, we turn them into two- and three-stars. You know what I'm saying? It's frustrating. You know, at the same time we get out here, we get blown out by Louisville. Really, it wasn't a shocker to me because I seen the way we played the whole year. We snuck by Wake Forest. We snuck by North Carolina. We probably should have been a seven and a five team, really. But you know, I mean, I'm a UN fan. I'm dedicated, so we happy to see the win. But all this, this, this just result. You got now. You got kids that don't even really come want to come play with us, or or do I want to come play with these guys? You see what I'm saying? You got these Booker T kids out here now that you know they question if they really want to come play for us, and that's that's, that's culture, man. Both about to be on the hot seat, man. I mean, like well. seriously. I, I don't know that he's he's about to be on the hot seat because he's he's got I think six years left on well, his contract. I, I, but, won't, I won't say Golden, but, but Donofrio Donofrio is on the hot seat, man. Well, he, he's only on the hot seat if if Al Golden decides he's on the hot seat, and yeah. uh, you know, like I said earlier, you know they're 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 very much attached to at the hip, and uh, there's no tangible proof that Al Golden thinks that Mark Donofrio is responsible for the problems, certainly by himself, yeah, he's right. and. And, you know, I think we just got to see what he does here, you know. I mean, you know, it's hard to rush to judgment because we don't know what moves he might make or not or yeah. won't make. And um, I, I do agree like that if he, if he comes back status quo with, with the same mix and the, and the same exact coaches and everything else, I, yeah, I think next coach, year it's going to be a tough, we look, tough deal. We look like a, like a Sunbelt team. You know, yeah. you know, you know, ACC and I, we look like a Sunbelt team, and, and it's coaching. I mean, there, there, there's no reason why. Uh, I think I don't know what game it was, uh, where in the season, but Clint Porter was showing Duke how to hold the ball. He's a sophomore. He shouldn't have to be showing Duke how to how, how to hold the ball. I think it was after those games he fumbled. That's what you got a running back coach for. You see what I'm saying? And if I'm not mistaken, I don't even think our running back coach even even played running back. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, Hurley Brown's a really good recruiter. He certainly has a place on this staff. Uh, I would agree with you. I'm not so sure that the better place might not be defensive backs, a position that he's certainly more familiar with than running back. Um, but that's part of what, it, that, that's part of the list that Al Golden has to look at, you know? I, I think he has to take a really, really, really hard, strong look at every single thing he's doing in this program. If yeah. he if he's if he's going to take it to the next level, let me ask you. Do, do our offense looks so simplified? I, I I had a cousin tell me that's because Stephen Morris. Do you think Coley simplifies that offense because of Morris? 
I mean, simplify. Yeah, I mean, I think they have to. Yeah, they they have to. He doesn't see the field very well. Um, They can very rarely throw it in the middle. Uh, You know, he has not. Ever. Ever. Yeah, he's been very he's been very inconsistent this year. And you know, it is what it is. You know. It's it's so. I mean, third and five. Everybody knows what's coming. It's an out route to Hearns. Everybody knows. I mean. That's where it's going. You know, the out route, either he's rolling out or he don't even check now. He won't even – it's straight to Hearns. You know, Hearns been bailing him out plenty of games on the third down, but we know what yep. it is. When, I don't even – when Crawford – I don't even like Crawford. I used to like Crawford. I don't like Crawford anymore. When Crawford gets the ball, it's like he tips over. I don't know what game he got well, here, but just, he don't run He's limited. Like you know, he's not a top-level running back at the level that Miami needs a, needs a, needs a running back to be. I mean, he's run, Dallas run, Crawford. Run both teams. Run give him a ton team, of credit, run. but he's he's a backup. And Gus Gus still running Gus still running high like he's playing basketball, man. I mean, you know where's the coach at? He runs true like fresh, a, he runs. Man, somebody true, needs to tell him something. He's Gus, a true freshman, low. and and I and I know that that's something. What you're talking about is something that they've been working with him on. Uh, sometimes you see him get a little lower. Sometimes you don't. Obviously, something he's going to have to learn. Yeah, I, I feel like that that loss was. I mean, as far as yeah, you know, we shouldn't have lost like that. Hey, everybody was like surprised. It was like Bridgewater played. Like, what do you mean surprised? Bridgewater's top one of the top quarterbacks in, in the nation. I already knew if we didn't have the defense, right? We was going to get eight up. You see what I'm saying? But those games yeah. like that, you know, that's that's a big game, man. You got all these recruits. We got bigger recruits. You know, they look at it like, man, you, you know what I'm saying? Like that, that's yeah. a real crucial part of recruiting process, man. It was a tough night. It was a tough night, and and defense played good for a quarter. I think some of those third downs in that first quarter, man, if we could have got those, it would have changed the whole play of the game. Even even the first one on the three and out, when Hearn dropped the ball, that was big. If we get that first down, we might drop down and score. That changed the whole face of the game, just a little simple stuff. like And and the the snap count, what's up with that? I mean, you've been tapping – Oh, boy, in the butt, the whole is, I mean, defense knows what's going on. Two taps in the ball game, like, really? All right, well, thank you. know, thanks for calling. Obviously, you know, a lot of challenges ahead here. Um, I'm going to let some other people get on, but uh, give us right. a call again All next right, well, time. Take it easy. All, All right. right, man, thank you. 646-595-2048. Let's go out now to the 240, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? What's going on, Gary? Who's this? This is Orf. Who? What's up, buddy? I just hey, wanted to call on? in. I'm going to be real quick. I just wanted to say, how come all I keep hearing is we don't have the talent? We don't have the talent. Well, to me, we don't have the coaching. It was too much of a step up from Temple. I don't believe Duke has more talent than we do. And I'm just it, tired it was, of seeing it. Since it's the been Florida a combination. At halftime, at halftime, it just seems like they quit. Yeah, it's a combination. It's not just players. It's not just coaches. It's 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 a combination. But with Delforno, whatever his name is, I just don't understand. Could someone do worse at this stage? Well, I I don't think that's fair. You know, I mean, I I think you you know you, you've had a pretty sizable rebuild that, that's going on here. Um, you know, you've seen a progression yeah, from six and seven to, to nine wins. It's not good enough yet. It's not close so how to good come, enough. How come Muhammad, Bush, some of these other Howard, how come they're not looking like they did before? 
Well, I mean, I mean, some of them are are playing way too soon. You know, they're they're playing as true freshmen I, I when they have no. That, but they, it seems I like mean, when I mean, look at McCord. Let's look at Tyreek. Wait, time out for a minute. Look at Tyreek McCord. I think this is a classic example. Tyreek McCord is getting ready to go into his junior year now. Are you kidding me? I mean, this is a kid that's a decent football player who's just starting to figure out what he's supposed to do. They're just starting to figure out what position he might play. They're trying to make him into a linebacker, uh, which is going to be a massive project to begin with. And he's going into his junior year. I mean, you can't that's do it like I'm saying. That. He has natural ability. Why can't they just work with that? It's like all the players are looking over to the sidelines, and they don't even know what they're doing. It just, to me, they just don't look like a fluid team. And to me, it just looked like they were lost ever since halftime at Florida State. I give everybody credit. They've been admirable. They've stuck it out. They've done whatever. But, I mean, to keep getting on the fan base, besides the recruits who come there and the fans, that's all we have. But people like myself, I live in Maryland. I'm pissed. I drive all the way to watch this game in Chicago and we get blown out like that. I mean, people are tired of getting blown out like that. I mean, lose, but not not the way we are. And when you have your destiny in your hands and you lose to Duke, I'm sorry, somebody has to go. I, I don't care. I don't feel like they got more talent than us. You're not wrong. You know, there, there, there clearly are some significant issues that need to be addressed, and everyone's looking to Al Golden as the leader to address them. And right now we're in a, wait, we're in a waiting, a waiting pattern. You know, we don't know what he's going to do or not do. Are they good enough right now? Are they doing everything they can do constantly to get better? I love Al Golden as a recruiter and everything he's done, sticking around, trying to get us tougher, trying to get us better conditioned. But at some point, we need those guys who would just lay somebody out to step up. And I don't know if it's because of his rules or being a yes man or whatever that's holding us back somewhat, but we need to get back to the point where teams are not throwing up our symbol and throat slashing and making fun of us. I mean, one of the just, things that I, I, think it, I know we did it to teams, but but come on, have some have some pride. It seems like the fan base is willing to fight more than the coaches and the team. I mean, one I understand things, you have to be a good sport, but come on, just don't lay down like that. One of the things that I think they need to look at is their standards of evaluation of players, and you know that falls on the position coaches too. You know, they're the foot soldiers in recruiting. They're the ones that are well, out in the high I'm, schools. Let me just finish this point, then I'll, I'll get back to you. Okay. They're the ones that are the foot soldiers in recruiting that are out in the, in the, in the various schools around the country where Miami recruits evaluating the players um, in the spring. And, and they're really looking a couple years out. And they're not doing a good enough job picking players, without question. And, you know, yes, there's coaching involved and things like that, but there was not one guy – um, on the Miami defense on the field the other night, start for Louisville. Okay, Louisville. Okay, that tells you right there that we, what I'm saying right now that. could not be more we spot on. We don't know that. Cord might be running wild on us. We, we don't know, know what these players will be doing it, it, on it was, it, it was so blatantly obvious watching that game that Louisville's talent on the defensive side of the football was so vastly superior to the defensive talent on the Miami side of the football, that there was not even a comparison. And and I think if you honestly look at it player by player, position by position, there's not one guy, including Denzel Perriman, who could start for Louisville right now. 
and that's bad. You know, that is not good, and that's why I say this is not an immediate fix. This is going to take at least another two or three years of good recruiting, better recruiting, uh, to solve this, this issue. Um, and it, it is what it is. I mean, they have not done a good enough job, and I think that has to be part of Al Golden's evaluation because he's relying on those coaches who are going out and evaluating these kids to make the right decisions. He can't do it himself. Yeah, but I mean, something something needs to happen. You can't just sit by and just keep being bland and just doing the same thing. And I'm no football guru, but if if they want to go to the three four and they like the three four, well, your perfect opportunity was what was it? Wake Forest. They're spreading their guys out for you. So why wouldn't you have your two Mike linebackers run right through the A gap and blitz them like they're supposed to? That's what your perfect setup. They don't know how to adjust. They don't even know what to do. It's like they practice one thing and try to get that perfect. There's some guys that don't practice well. Then they step on the field and they make big plays. I'm not saying that you don't need order and you don't need other things, but you need to realize to put your best product on the field. And I just feel like the fans are pissed. I mean, I I know that I'm just getting physically sick over these games, and I wish there was something I could personally do to stop it. But there's nothing. You just have to sit back and watch, and it's just people are getting tired of it. And I know yep. he's getting a raw deal. I know Shannon got a raw deal because Coca ran it into the ground for way too long. But, I mean, just something has to be done. And, and I'm tired of well, hearing gotta, the fans and the, and the kids it, aren't good enough because I do takes, believe we have talent on our team. I just don't see them getting much better when they get there. It does take four, four five, six years to do these rebuilds typically. I mean, there are some coaches that can recruit so well that they could do it in three or some, you know, even sometimes you've seen it in two. Guys like Nick Saban pull that off. Urban Meyer can pull stuff like that off. But, but there's very few coaching staffs that are capable of doing it that quickly. And, um, you know, you're going into year four now, and, and it's, it's, I think this is the point where he's got to pause and fix what he needs to fix. And if he goes in denial and pretends like he doesn't have these problems that he does have, then he's never going to succeed, and, he, and, and, he, and he's going to be, you know, he'll be Larry Coker and, and Randy Shannon as opposed to, you know, Butch Davis and, and Howard Schnellenberger and Jimmy Johnson who made the adjustments they needed to make and went on to be successful. I just can't believe out of all these ex-players we have, no one wants to come up and help us. No one has the ability to coach any position or be a defensive well, coordinator. Just because you're, you're a great player doesn't mean you're going to be a great coach. It's not automatic like that. You know, you do have former yeah. players that are trying to be coaches. Um, you know, Lamar Thomas right now is working really, really hard under Bobby Petrino uh, to become a great receivers coach. Uh, obviously, he hopes to be at the U one day. Um, Kevin Patrick was a really successful defensive line coach at South Florida who has wanted to be at the U for a long time, just hasn't found the opportunity. Um, you've got guys coaching high school. I mean, Steve Walsh is one that comes to mind up in Palm Beach that definitely would want to come back to Miami and be a coach. Ken Dorsey's coaching in the National Football League. I'm sure he would love to one day come back to Miami uh, as an offensive coordinator you know, and, and develop to that point in his career where he could get that job. So there's guys out there coaching that – you know, our alumni that might one day show up the way Hurley Brown is on the staff right now. Michael Barrow is on the staff right now. Art Kehoe is on the staff right now. These are all guys that played at Miami. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's a possibility, but is that going to solve your problems that you have right now? No. 
no chance. Well, it just seems like, I mean, I want somebody at that level because these guys right now, they seem like they're trying to do things that want at Temple, and that's not going to happen when you want to be the best of the best. Well, I, I, I think there's been a reality that this is a little bit different. And, you know, when Al Golden got the job, he just basically slid the, the bulk of his coaching staff over to Miami. And I don't know how he feels about it, but, you know, clearly some of the problems they're having do involve that situation. Um, and it's something he's going to have to look hard at and figure, and figure out if he needs – obviously everybody out here where we all sit thinks that he does need to make changes. Yeah, I mean, just right. anything. Sometimes even his own philosophy. I mean, be more aggressive. What do you mean you don't want to blow people out? Look what just happened to us. You think they let us up? No, they stepped right on our throat. I mean, right on TV, everyone's seen. It's just ridiculous. You know, get our guys right. firing on all cylinders and don't stop until the season's over. You're right. All right, let me let some other people get in. Thank you so much for calling. You made some awesome points. All right, Hey, man, I just wanted to tell you real quick, I appreciate everything you do, and I'm tired of the just the stream of wear down the boulder. We need to get the jackhammer out and just crush it. We're with you, and we appreciate you guys too. Thanks Later. for calling. Yep. All right, let's go down now to the, um, the 305, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, Gary, how are you? Who's this? Derek, it's Shmira fifty-five. Hey, what's up, Shmira? How you doing? Did ah, you make it up you know, to Orlando? Oh, I was there, Gary. Unfortunately, I was there, and the Dolphin game the next day could have been two of the worst games I've ever been to back to back. I'd have to yeah, say, it was a rough, <laughs> rough football weekend in the three hundred five nine five four. No doubt about it. Very bad. My only major problem with the team is, I mean, listen, I could we could pile on on all this stuff, and I know there was injuries. But, you know, and, and you know that. I, I know a lot of these kids personally and all this stuff. But, I mean, I mean, these kids are from Dade County. I mean, these kids are born to play football, and they have this certain, you know, the way that they are about them, just very, you know, just the way they play. And it seems like they're, all their emotions are just zapped. I mean, I was yes, sitting there watching them I agree. before the game. Yeah, and, and so there's something wrong there. That, I mean, I mean, these are kids from Dade County that, you know, that, that, that's what they're known for, and they're coming out. And the Louisville players, right when they come out on the field, from the start of the game, I said, we have a major problem. I go, this team wants yeah, – I don't know if you – I mean, you were probably there. I've been following yeah, but Miami we, But we knew all this going in. I mean, we, we talked about this a few weeks ago on this show. Um, we knew Louisville but, was bringing it. I, I can understand that. But, I mean, I, I mean, if you remember, you remember the, the, the bowl game with Texas many years ago when Miami came out on the field and they just were there to destroy Texas. And, I mean, they were yep. almost – not afraid to play, but that game was over before it started. That's yep. the feeling I got the other night on the the inverse. I mean, uh, you know, it was. Yeah, just, but you know what though? In all honesty, hmm. Robert, I mean, I, I don't think that really was a big factor the other night. I, I think those kids played hard. I just think that the offensive line was a no show, and when they were a no show, the offense was dead because they didn't have the firepower. No Duke, no no Waters, no Dorsett, Hearns at, at three quarter speed. Um, you know, Stacy yeah. Coley, a true freshman, trying to do everything himself. I mean, they, they you know, it was just, if, you know, Stephen Morris is not is not of the level where he's going to go out there and, and bail you out throwing the football. He's just not. He, right. And he certainly hasn't been playing at that level this year. I, 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 I do agree, but this is the first time in the Al Golden era, you know, whatever it may be, that I actually felt 
that, you know, I mean, they were outcoached. They were outmanned. And you could tell, you know, they were outmanned. When they went for it on fourth and one, which was the appropriate call, and they didn't get it, you know, you line up, you know, their 11 on our 11, and, we, you know, they stopped us. All right, so they're, they're a better team. But, I mean, I just didn't see any of the emotion, anything at all. And, and just, I thought we were, I mean, outcoached, outprepared. I mean, there's no reason why our, our team should have been, I mean, dying to play in the game. I mean, there's, there's no question they, they about it. Total they were outcoached and outprepared. There's, there's no question about that. And that's not unfair that in any way. Should that oh, ever yeah. happen? Is there any of course, Of course that? it happens. Well, I mean, it's not an excuse, tell me that but it happens all the time in football. You know, and also, I mean, you just made a, you know, a comment said, well, Louisville had on every side of the ball, they had better players than we did, but wasn't James Burge? Not offensively. They're, they're off, no, not only on the defensive side. Their offensive line the is nowhere de- near as good as the Miami offensive line. I, I mean, and I mean, you probably know. Or as, as good as the Miami maybe. offensive line should be. Did, well, with the James Burgess situation, didn't we kind of revoke his scholarship or whatever it may be? Didn't we choose to go in a different direction? Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean I think there were behavioral, there, there were behavioral. Well, I think there were behavioral issues there that inspired them not to take him. And clearly, um, A, he had a chip on his shoulder the other night and, and was out to prove them wrong. And, and, and B, I mean, he was he was a nasty dude out there, man. He was laying people he would, out. He would look better than Denzel Perriman, I'll tell you. Him, well, he looked you know, way I, better than Denzel Perriman. I mean, not yes. better, way better than Denzel Perriman. And you know what? Right. Denzel Perriman should be ashamed of himself because Denzel Perriman has as much physical ability as that kid just doesn't play with that type of motor. And as and that's part, of the, that's part of the problem more. they have right now. You know, it's I, I just see, too I mean, much of a country club. A, yeah, I mean, I was, I was I'm not embarrassed, but I mean, that, that's probably as bad as you're going to ever get. I mean, that, that's just an awful... As, as bad as it ever, it's awful. Well, it, it wasn't. It wasn't any worse than Duke, where they also lost by 25 points, offense versus defense. <laughs> I mean, that was that was a, a horrible moment. Uh, the Florida State game was certainly a horrible moment. I mean, any time they play right now, anybody any good, they're getting blown out of the stadium. Going back two years now, every game I last year. I, I don't. I don't agree with last the, year too. Florida State. Because I, I don't. I think that. With the Florida State game, I think we came to play. The kids were ready to play. They played a great, a, as good of a first half as that team could play. We're in the game at halftime. And, you know, with the cream rose to the top at the end, and they, they, they were a better team, and they wore us out, sure. Against Duke, you know, you know we, at least we, we had a point. We were up 14 points in that game. But, I mean, the other night was just a total outright disaster. I, I, that, that's the way I look at it. I mean, and, you know, we no could doubt. sit here into the injuries on offense and – we know our defense is bad, but everyone also expects that. I mean, that's a, a no. And with the injuries, but, I mean, you're talking about, I mean, these are all day counting kids. These kids should have that swagger, and I hate to use that word because it's the stupidest word ever, but, I mean, they should have no this doubt. so-called swagger, and I don't see it, and I think under the Randy Shannon teams, they, did, they were zapped. They didn't have this swagger either. And under Al Golden, I mean, he should be a, a, a somewhat of a expert motivator. And these guys are just coming out; they're running through the motions. And I mean, and I do, and you know what? And I will say, I think Louisville kind of, you know, maybe in a few years, you know, take or next year, they they kind of they 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 ran up the score a little bit, and they didn't need they didn't have to throw the ball <laughs> and the two minutes left. Yeah, you're and right. Bridgewater in. Remember and, that. And, and, Teddy, mean, and Teddy's going pro, so. You're right about that, but I don't know if Charlie Strong is going to be there long enough to where it's going to be an issue. 
and you know, can I just bring up now just on the other side? I mean, all right, we're done with the game. Forget about that. Now it's just on, on the recruiting side, and I have no idea, but someone's got to be held somewhat accountable or whatever it may be for the way that these kids, their actions, and the way with, with the word commitment and the way, you know, because, I, I mean, I, I even saw your, you know, your thread today with, you know, how Ernt Lane and Cook, I mean, they're not going to Florida. We know they're not going to Florida and putting up, I mean, but that, I blame that on the coaches and, I, you know, that Nigel Bethel, whatever, always making these rants about the, the teams and the way they're coached. I mean, but I blame, you know, maybe they don't have the parental guidance and I have no idea, but, I mean, these guys, I mean, these coaches have to tell their kids, you can't be doing this. I mean, there's no – that looks bad on Dade County. It looks bad on Miami. And it that's, looks a bad whole, on, that's a whole other so, issue, Robert, that we can't get into tonight. Do you agree tonight. with we're, me? We're, I mean, yeah, I awful. agree, but we're not going to change that. You know? <laughs> we, I agree. We could solve, solve a lot of things on this show, but we are not going to change the way these kids behave. So. Um, this, but this does not happen everywhere. Is this just an isolated – not Dade County. No, it's not a, isolated. A no, southern, it's not. I, mean, I mean, I don't think it's isolated. I think you have kids. You know, I don't I think, think Urban Meyer is dealing. I don't think Urban Meyer is dealing with this with a bunch of kids in the Midwest or whatever it may be. I know they're not dealing with it probably in Texas, where these kids are making commitments, not commitments, eighty percent commitments. I'm a soft commitment. I'm a eighty. Per, you know, it's crazy. It's unbelievable. It is. A, it's, it's a little nuts. But uh, I mean, if I don't you're Jimbo Fisher, do you take that job at Texas and not have to worry about this recruiting in the South anymore? If you're out Golden, what do you do? If, if Jimbo Fisher loses next Monday, yeah, I take that job. And if he I mean, wins, if he wins, I don't think he can leave. I mean, I don't think he'll leave if he if he wins the national That's title. That's kind of to do, but you know. All right, let me let some other people get on. Thank you so much for calling, uh, Robert, and uh, uh, we'll see you next time. All I'll right, six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Let's go now back out to the three zero five where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Gary, what's going on, man? How much is this? This solo, man, from Miami. What do you say, this solo? Is, uh, man, I say, I'm honestly, man, I'm so happy Miami is down, man. I love Florida State, man. We're gonna continue to smash y'all, and I'm, I'm so happy about it, bro. Oh well, yeah, I'm glad. I'm, gl- I'm, gl- I'm glad you're happy about it. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'm gonna do stuff, baby. Get the heck out of here. Let's go to the um, 863, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Get the heck out of here. Let's go to the... You with us? Hello? Yeah, there you are. Hello? Yeah, you're on the air. How are you doing? We're with you. Yeah, this is Jeff. All right, Jeff, don't try to listen to two places at the same time, because you've got a little delay working there. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. What you got for us tonight? Oh, I'll just let you know that uh, hey, I'm a dedicated uh, Kane fan, true bloody Kane. I love the Kane in my heart. I believe uh, orange and green. The thing I want to let you know is, man, is that uh, I want you to notice this here. Jamel Weston, he came in as a true freshman, and uh, he came in and just did it up, man. So a lot of times, you know, you got players that true freshmen can come in and start and be just as good as any other team. He's, he's not a true play, freshman. He, time out. He's not a true freshman. He's a redshirt freshman. Well, redshirt freshman. My bad. But what I'm saying, look how he came in and just, I mean, the man came in and did it up. I'm not making no excuses, uh, trying to make no excuses, but I know Miami is a better team. I've been watching them for years. I've seen them win five national championships. 
and I know they got the ability, they got the players to go out there and win more, go out there and get that goal, and which I know they're going to do it. But I'm going to tell you, my own opinion, we need to get rid of that defensive coordinator, man. I'm not going to you know, sit here and, and just try to sugarcoat it. The defensive coordinator got to go. Al Golden, he, 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 he can't be holding his hand. It ain't no Fred thing no more. We got to make some moves. I know Miami better than my facts, and I know they're going to get better. They're just going to have to have some time. I, I think my own opinion, they need to bring some shadow back in there and run that defense. Why would a guy go from being the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to going back 12 years or whatever it's been to being the defensive coordinator at Miami? It, it, that's, that, that's yeah, not the, the only reason why I say that, player, I'm just saying, I might be wrong, is because we are motivated. Well, put it this way, we need to bring somebody that's going to motivate them boys. And, 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 and when, we do that, when, we, when we do that, see what we got to do. We got to do exactly what Nick Saban did. Nick Saban coming there, Coach Alabama, they bought into his program. When they bought into his program, man, they started winning that's a championship. That's what Miami got to do. That's what we got. We got to bring somebody in there and win the board back in that program again. We're going to start winning again. It's just that simple. You want to know what Nick Saban does? <laughs> Nick Saban goes out and hires the best coaches that money can buy. And that's, that's true. Why I agree with you 100%. He, that's why he wins. He, let me tell you something. He, he stole let, – let's just use Mario Cristobal as an example. He just walked mm-hmm. in. Miami had hired Mario Cristobal 30 days earlier. He walked in here. He paid Mario Cristobal so much money that, it was, that he had no choice but to leave Miami. Brought him up there to Alabama. If you could see the offensive line that Mario Cristobal is recruiting – to, I forget what he's doing as a coach this year and the, way, and the great job he's done with their offensive line at Bama, which was rebuilding, and he's molded those kids and done a great job. You should see the kids he's recruiting that I just saw oh, in Orlando. No, I was with these kids in Orlando at the Under Armour game. All of his offensive line recruits um, were up there, and I'm watching these kids. I'm like, oh, my God. I mean, he's, he is such a difference maker for that program. And what Nick Saban does is he hires Mario Cristobal times seven or eight. He's every coach on his staff is at that level. And that that's is it. why that, that's why that program is, is as successful as it is. Um, and that's the way Miami needs to be. And that's to me yes, that, I, I agree with you, Pierre, hundred percent. You know what I like what you said? I was listening to you back a while ago and you got a point. You and this, this you and this other guy was talking that was this was earlier. You and the man was talking saying that Miami they go, it's going to take them a while. It's going to take them, like you say, I agree with you, it's going to take them at least, at least two more years, at least two, to get the, where they need to go because you know, they're in the recruiting situation. And I really believe this with all the love in my heart, man. I know it's going to happen. No, nobody believe me, but I know for a fact Miami will win a national championship one day. It may, it may not be now, but down the road, they will win a national champ, championship. We're all going or we're out of him. We will win again. So I, I, I hear people coming on the radio talking about all these negative things. What they need to be doing is lifting them boys up. Lifting the coaches up, but we got to make some changes. That's true enough. But the, the main thing is, I'm looking at, I'm looking up ahead. I'm looking up ahead, and I know for a fact that Miami will get back what belongs to them, and that's that golden diamond. Sounds sounds Certainly sounds good to everybody listening. But without hey question. man, let me tell you one thing. Like I say, I've been a die die hard Kane man. For, for years, 
yo, we make mistakes, man. You know, they frustrate me, but I'm, I'm, I'm not going to never stop loving them boys, man. I'm not going to never stop loving the Canes. I'm going to die, Canes, man. But the point I'm saying is, yeah, we are going to get better. We got the talent on that football team right now to do anything we want to do, but we just got to go in and make some changes to get better. I mean, oh. if, 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 if the coaches ain't doing their job, hey, let them go. I hate to see the guys go. I don't want to see them lose their job, but if you're not doing your job, you need to go. It's like a hen, man. If the hen ain't laying eggs in three years, that hen got to go in the pot, player. Because she ain't going, she ain't laying no eggs. What would you do? You got hands in your pen and, and she ain't laying eggs. They got to go. My <laughs> Emmett, let me tell you one thing, man. My Emmett, I don't care if anybody agree or disagree with me. My Emmett is the greatest football team ever to, to put shoes on and a ball in the hand. All you got to do, man, is just look at 30 for 30, man. That might be in the past, but the, what I'm saying is, I know, man, for a fact that we got the talent to get back where we will, the way we need to be, and I know we will get there one day. I just don't know when, but we will win that gold and diamonds, and that's, and that's a fact. I can promise you that. Well, you know, more of that talent needs to stay home, and as far as changes, you know, we'll find out soon enough. Hey, thank you for your passion. Um, thank you so much for calling tonight. Give us a call uh, next show. Wow. Oof. There's just one thing I could say about him. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. All right, let's go to the 347, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, what's happening, man? Eh, not much, just chilling. <laughs> this, is, this is Kwame. Hey, what's up, Kwame? How you doing this week? I'm not doing too good. I'm not doing too good. Although you the Giants, doing better I'm, than the I'm last a Giants fan. We did win one game. You got to um, last caller. <laughs> I, you know, this is, has it come to this where the enemy calls in to, you know, our little two hours, the fastest two hours in sports yeah, we, and, and tries forget to Forget about that in? guy. Yeah, whatever. We got rid of him quick enough. I, I guess, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm watching this game and I'm seeing us getting blown off the ball. I'm th- the defense actually hung, hung in there the first quarter. They just were on the field for too many plays. And the offense, I mean, the offensive line looked like it was its totally inept. When they went to that little amoeba defense, it just seemed like the, the, the offense couldn't adjust and the defense was on the field for too many plays. But even with regard to that, you know, it just, it just looked bad. It looked like the JV team playing, you know, a, a savvy veteran squad. They, were, they did I'm not just, have their best night, that's for sure. <laughs> I mean, they were, they were, they were lost. Fight. They didn't know what to do. I'm I'm totally dismayed, and I, I'm wondering how this is going to affect recruiting. You know, I, I'm still maybe you, call I, you me know what? Lot. I don't think it's going to Kwame. I I, I, yeah, I was just with all the recruits up in Orlando the last two days, and yeah. I see I see zero signs that it's going to affect recruiting. You know, I mean, I'm with um, Brad Kaya and Braxton Berrios, and you know, Braxton Berrios kind of looked at you know Kaya tells him he was at the game and. Barrios looks at look looks at him and says, "Man, you know, man, bro, that was that was ugly." And and they they like, they like yeah, they, yeah, it was. And and then you know Barrios went on to talk about how excited he is to show up at Miami next week. So you know I don't think it is gonna gonna affect recruiting. I I, I think that you're gonna see the the bulk of the class stick together. And and if anybody does defect here in the next few weeks, I think you'll see them replaced. Um, I think there's bigger issues than that, Kwame. 
Well, we we obviously know the, the the coaching staff on the defensive side of the ball, whether the position coaches or the coordinators. Uh, in my opinion, I think in most opinions of the fans, whether it be from New York to Miami Day to California, uh, I think it's time for Diarfano to go. I don't know who you replace him with because, I mean, like you were saying with the other caller, Alabama has the the resources to pull these top notch coaches. Miami, yeah, Miami's reason, never going to pay every coach on the staff five hundred thousand dollars plus. I mean, that's no, not going to do that. That's I mean, not Coley reality. got that kind of money. But Coley I don't and know if, are both getting that kind of money. But 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 that's two guys out of eight. You know, you're never going to see all eight yeah. guys on the staff being paid like that. That's not reality. But that doesn't mean you can't um, have a good coaching staff. And and you know, I I think that. You know, Al Golden's got to evaluate every individual right now and, and you know, without compromise. I, I, I mean, it, this is the critical point of his tenure at Miami. This is the critical point of his entire career. Everything he has worked his entire life for is now on the line for him. I mean, you know, you know yes, he's got, he has a nine-year contract, but it's not going to get to year nine if he doesn't fix the problems he has right now. And, um you know, so and, and this it, is telling. I mean, I mean, at least in my opinion, is he waiting for the recruiting cycle to be over with? Is he waiting? We, for we don't know. It's only two days. You know, the season's only been over for two days. Um, my guess is Sunday he's tried to spend some time with his family. Uh, it's never a good idea to make major decisions in the heat of the moment like that. You know, I'm sure he took a day to sit back and relax. I'm sure. Let he me spent... ask you something, Gary. I'm sorry to cut you off, but let me ask you something. Do you think he has the stones to fire his best friend? Does he have the stones? Does he have this? He, I mean, essentially, yeah, I mean, Oswald is a tough guy. He's got the stones, but, you know, he's also as loyal of a human being as you're ever going to find. And I'm just not sure I see it happening. You know, I mean, you know, I don't know how he feels about the problems. I mean, if he thinks that his entire defensive problem and it's a big one, is is on the shoulders of Mark D'Onofrio, then, yeah, I do think he would sit down with his friend and say, you know, hey, you know, I think we've got to do something. You know, let's try to find you somewhere else to be. Um, you know, I do think he would do that. But we don't know what he thinks, and, and we don't know if he's blaming Mark D'Onofrio the way the fan base is. Well, somebody has to be held accountable. When I mean, these players, you know, when you get them on camera and you interview them, they always say, you know, we get in meetings with Coach T and he draws it up. And he shows us, you know, if you had been here like they had coached, you know, we would have made the play, but it's not translating on the field. There's a disconnect there between what they're drawing up versus what these players are executing. So the problems I, I do are think, so enormous, Kwame, and they're so numerous that nobody can argue with that. I mean, you, there's no argument against that. Somebody has to be held accountable. Like, you know, it will, it will be very telling for me come spring ball if we still have the same coaching staff. This that is when I will probably get off the golden bandwagon, because if they say and I'm not saying I, I mean I'm, I'm definitely in the camp of the fire the Afano, uh course line. However, uh, if I I will settle for the Afano still being there, but some of these position coaches have to go. You know, maybe Paul Williams. You know, Coach Jet. Some of these guys have to go. I mean, I don't think anyone's going to disagree with you. I really don't. I mean, you know, we, we clearly go what's going on on that side of the ball, of, it starts with evaluation. It starts, then it extends to development. 
then it then it extends to preparing for games, and then it extends to game day performance, and and all those areas are falling short. And you're right, that screams that there's a problem. And Al Golden's got to figure out what it is, and he's got to address it. All right, Kwame, let, I'm let you go and let some other people get on this week because we got a we got a board that's exploding here. But um, you know, thank you for calling and 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 thank you for your participation. Uh, pretty much every week this season. Thanks, man. All right, Kwame. All right, let's go now to the um, 404, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Gary, how you doing, man? Doing good. How you doing? Who's this? Hey, man, this is Roland. I normally call you from the hey, Roland. What's up, man? How you doing, man? Doing good. What oh, you got today? Man. Oh, man, where do I, where do I start? Uh, I uh, let me just tell man. you real quick, I, I, I was watching your, uh, your, your, your boy Leonard Fournette today. A dog. And, uh, he's a dog. He's a beast. Yeah, he's he's, he's pretty yeah. good, but I'll tell you what, he's got he's got brick hands, man. He he dropped a lot of passes. <laughs> Listen, and I also spent some time field. with with another one of your Louisiana guys, uh, Malachi Dupree. Uh, he's okay. He's in the world. He's the truth. You you like him or you don't like him? I don't. I like Speedy Noel. Speedy Noel is the truth. Oh, I'm Speedy Noel you. is unbelievable. I it mean, absolutely. Uh, to call him the truth is an understatement. He is absolutely unbelievable. He's not coming to Miami. Here. But Malachi Dupree Here, is, gonna, is, is, is deciding this weekend whether he's going to take a visit here on January the 17th uh, with Kenny Young. So we'll, we'll find Here, out. You. But, but you're no right. There's no comparison between those two. No disrespect to, to Kenny Young and Dupree, but the school that I'm telling you, John Curtis, I mean, they, they win countless championships. But the kids don't do nothing on the next level in college or make it to the pros. So, uh-huh. I mean, I'm just saying. But Miami really All right, so enough, enough Louisiana recruiting here. What, <laughs> um, what can we do for you tonight? Man, when I looked at that game, at, uh, that uh, Miami Lobo game, man, you wouldn't have thought that it was the last game for Stephen Morris. And that guy was so immature, extremely just, I mean, it was almost like, it was a joke. I mean, it was almost like he was just in another world. My question to you is, do you feel like, um, I think the biggest thing Miami needs to do is to bring in a quarterback coach along with their offensive coordinator, somebody that well, you don't you don't have guys. enough staff position. You don't have enough staff positions. The the coordinator has you know you don't have enough on offense. You know you really don't have enough staff positions. Okay, so so that's, so that's uh, uh, you know unless you do without a tight ends coach or something and let the coordinator coach the tight ends. I mean the coordinator almost has to coach something, and it's usually the quarterbacks. Okay, okay, and defensively that D line it was atrocious. I mean, Gary, uh, man, I, I I don't know where to start. I'm. And I hate to I hate to admit this, but I don't want to be ne- negative or be nasty to one of the senior class. But I'm glad that that class kind of you know feed it feed it out and and and, and you know you're gonna bring a lot of guys. Time in, for some new know. blood in Coral Gables. Man, Gary, Gary, it is it was atrocious. I watched that game and I had people texting me, you know, talking about the game. People just on, never never even send me messages, and it was just so frustrating. They, those guys. They look so. I mean, yeah, they are soft. They are. I mean, Gary, <laughs> yeah, listen. They, I know I'm a little bit everywhere today. It's just I'm so frustrated, man. I just want to get straight to the point. They gotta make changes on that defensive coaching staff. They got to. They got to change on that D line. 
I think everyone agrees, obviously. You know, I mean, we've had that point made several times tonight, and obviously everybody agrees. It's just, it's a waiting game right now to see what Al Golden thinks. Because his vote is the only one that matters. Man, and, and, and the thing is, I, mean, I hate to always, I don't want to harp back. I'm not going to look back 10 years. But these guys seem so slow and so not instinctive. It's almost like they're robots versus, you know, guys just kind of know, like, you know, Perriman. I love Perriman. But I was, honestly, I really don't think he's ready for the league this year. So I think he needs another year. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. But um, I'm just hoping that we can make some changes as far as coaches, man, because um, another year of this again, and I don't know what I'm going to do if I have to see. We'll, we'll see. You know, you know um, let me, let me let you go. Uh, you want to stay on hold? Yeah, I want to stay on hold. Is that what you said? Okay, we'll put you on hold. Um, before we get to another call, just want to let everybody know who's listening. We did just get some news in that um, four-star defensive tackle commit Travante Valentine is now saying he will officially visit Alabama and LSU in January. So the two big boys trying to come in and steal one of Miami's key defensive line recruits. Um, it'll be interesting to see where that one goes. Um Let's go out now to the 813, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? What's going on, Gary? Oh, just uh, having some fun with my buddies here. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. This duck. What What you got for us tonight? And I, I just wanted to call in and touch on touch on some of the things that some of the callers said. I mean, they kind of they kind of made some of my my points have already been made for the most part, especially that caller that called in named Jay. I think I think that was his name, Jay. But uh-huh. I kind of wanted to touch on some of the things he said in regards to, you know, the lack of development that's been seen by the staff, man. It's, it's ridiculous, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's telling. You know, you can see it in a guy like Gus Edwards, like he said, you know, this kid came in running high. That was the knock on him. You know, is he a fullback? Is he a running back? You know, nobody really nobody really knew, you know, what he was. And especially when we saw him in that Savannah State game, I think it was when he was on the goal line and he couldn't get in three, four times in a row because of his pad level. You know what I mean? And I hear I hear Golden. Golden sits up here and he's been making excuse after excuse after excuse about how Nobody can underestimate the, the, the value of those 18 or 19 practices that we accumulated with the NCAA cloud being removed from us. But the first telltale tell, tell sign that I was looking for, my litmus test myself, was to see exactly when Gus got in this game if his pad level had changed. And it was the same old thing. So I'm trying to figure out what in the hell they was doing for these 18, 19 practices. Because clearly know, the, the the kids look, look worse. You know, it's funny because that that's something I noticed at the beginning of the season. And, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking Gus Edwards has to be the short yardage back. And, you know, we saw in the first couple games of the year that he was running too high. And, and I and so that's been something that I've, I've asked about almost weekly. And, um, you know, I know they've been working with him on it, trying to get him to learn to run low. But I guess when you've been running high your whole life in high school and, and youth league ball and stuff, maybe it's – Maybe it's hard to, to uh, you know, when you get in the line of fire on game day to change. I don't, you know, I don't know, but you're not wrong, that's for sure. Yeah, it's 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 just upsetting when you see that, and it and it leads you to believe that these kids aren't getting developed. 
And then you have a guy like a recruit like Nigel Bethel. I'm sorry, I was getting ready to say Patton because I remember him from back in, you know, a couple years ago. But you have a guy like him who comes out on Twitter and says, you know, he's looking around. And then our fan base, they're getting, they're giving the kid hell on Twitter and saying, you know, stick with loyalty. But, I mean, the proof is in the pudding, man. You got it. Look, and, you, and, 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 and it doesn't help that some of these handlers that are going around Miami are pushing these kids in other directions. But it's like, can you blame them? You know what I mean? When, when, when these kids, they're sending their kids off to, the, to, the, to our school, and we aren't even properly developing these kids, man. Part of the list of problems that Al Golden has to address right now. So all we can do is wait and see what he does. I mean, everyone's basically has the same opinions, and um, obviously everybody's not wrong. So, you know, we just gotta, we just got to see what he does. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. I just hope he gets it together, man, because I feel like it's it's way a bigger problem than actually, you know, the talent and everything. I feel like it may be an administration problem. I mean, I don't. I never want to touch on that. You know, you hear different rumors as far as you know, Shalala may not be back in the program like she no, needs to, and and I don't that's even get into that because I feel like it's crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's but ridiculous. Same, that's nonsense. But, Right, but yeah, at, the, at the same time, though, it makes you wonder because it's always a stigma out about Miami not having money to compete with these SEC schools. But then again, you see the, the, the billions and everything that they put into the, 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 the medical program, and it's like, come on, man. Some of this stuff can be raised for the athletic program as well. So it's like a fine right. line. It wouldn't take too many of those millions to totally change the budget for coaches, that's for sure. Right. That's exactly what I'm saying. So that's, you know, that's that'd be one exactly place to start. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I wanted facilities. to touch on. All right, man. Thank you so much for calling. All right. Appreciate all right. it. All right. Let's go back to um, Tallahassee, the 850, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Are you with us? All right, I'll, you'll have to call back. Uh, let's try the 904, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, how's it going? Going good. Who's this? Hello? Oh, this is Glenn. Uh, hey, Glenn. This is first time, the first time I called. Um, oh, welcome. Uh, thank you. Um, uh, before I get to my, t- my two quick points, I just want to a- answer a question you uh, brought not saying that they would um, even think about hiring him or try to hire him, but um, I think the reason why Greg Schiano would go back down to, uh, like, a coordinator is because, one, I don't see anybody hiring him as a head coach, not with a lot of the problems that you saw uh, out of Tampa. So I think it, uh, being going back to a, a coordinator would be a great way to try to get him to catapult back into head coaching position, especially if he could take a unit like Miami, who's been struggling horribly on defense, and something to, and basically repeat the same magic he did last time under Butch Davis and turn that around again. It, it would be his best chance to become a head coach again, either in college or professional. Yeah, um, I, I disagree. I think Greg Schiano is going to get a college head coaching job again relatively quickly. He might get the Penn State yeah. job. He, he possibly could, but I just – I guess with the problems um, that we saw in, in Tampa with, with the locker room and a lot of the respect from players that he lost, um, I, I just it, it, for me, it, it'd be kind of hard to see him being a head coach right away, right after the debacle of Tampa. But I mean, it could happen. That, uh, even if we don't, even if we didn't try to hire him, I think uh, one of my points I was going to bring up was is 
I think it'd be a good idea. I don't know if they would or not, but just to bring in like a Shiano and Butch Davis, not to hire them, but to kind of just to kind of have them look over the defense. I mean, because both of them have had two of the best defenses that the Hurricanes have ever had. And even if you just to bring them in just to kind of consult, kind of like what uh, Butch Davis did with Tampa, just to kind of come in, see what they have, see what they're trying to do, and then just kind of give their thoughts. I mean, you, you know, it doesn't hurt to get the opinion of two guys who not reality. It, that, that's not going to happen. It's not. That's not reality. No, it won't happen. But I, I think it doesn't hurt to bring in people to to help you. you know, I mean, yeah, but you can't you just can't bring. You can't just do that. You're you're limited as to the number of coaches you're allowed to have, and I mean, you can't just like. Yeah. You can't just bring people I mean, in and say, "Hey, solve my problems." I mean, that's the head I mean, coach's we've, job. We've seen other. You've seen other coaches go to other schools. You know. And kind of, um, I think I'm not sure who. I think I say Alabama brought in somebody to kind of just give them. Um, I think Saban Saban talked to somebody about the offense and just kind of see what they could do better. Uh, just this uh, this year, actually. Um, but you know, I I've, I I've think well, I've heard. Do. Yeah, you that's all You could go out to NFL camps and stuff and take a look at what other people are doing and study other teams. Uh, in some cases, you can even go to other colleges. Um, but, you know, you're not going to see guys like Greg Schiano come in and hang out at Miami for a couple of weeks and watch game tape and, uh, you know, hey, hey, Greg, tell me what's wrong with my defense. No, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, I just, I just think, yeah, know, At least it, if, it, if something like that did happen, you wouldn't know about it. <laughs> you'd be, yeah, you would yeah, never know about it. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, I've just, I've just been, a, I've been a fan for a long time. And, um, you know, actually, I, became, I really became a diehard fan when they actually were struggling under Butch Davis, and I played it was like a 5-7 and seven record and can be by everybody from West Virginia to Syracuse to Virginia Tech. Um, and, and it was, it was hard then. It, it's, it's hard again now, especially with the defense. But, you know, if at the end of the day, I'm not going to say whose fault it is, but if, if the defense continues to struggle, I mean, next year and the year after, it just you've you got to put winning over loyalty. I mean, it's it's in Miami especially. You know, you you win or or that's it. Um, well, we'll see. We'll see what he does. So it, all we could do is just, wait right just, now and see. Wait, I just I just hope that they can do. You know, when, when as they start getting more depth, that with especially with this class coming up, hopefully if they keep the class that they have right now committed, if they, as they get more depth, I just hopefully we can see. Because um, maybe just the part of the problem was just. You know, lack. I mean, not necessarily lack of talent, but lack of depth of talent. You know, when you, especially when we started getting injuries in the secondary, you know, get more some of these more people, more of these players in there. So when we do have injuries, it doesn't hurt as bad as it's hurting now. Yeah. So hopefully, all right, well, you know, that's you. all we can do is hope. So. Thank you for joining our show. Give us a call <laughs> again um, down the road. Uh, we'll, we'll do, we'll... All right, let's go out now to. And I want to get some of these guys that have been on hold for a while first. Um, let's go to the 786, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, how you doing? Doing good. Thanks for holding on. Busy night. Yeah. Um, I was calling about, uh, I hear everybody, you know, you know, bashing, you know, Al Golden. It's like, I feel like they should give Al Golden need another two to three years. Yeah, he does, and I don't think they're bashing Al Golden. I, I, I think that they're obviously very critical of the defense, and particularly okay, Mark well, Nopp- the, the, the Nopp- But I think they're the looking Nopp- to Al Golden for leadership here. I, you know, I, I think what you're seeing is you're seeing a fan base that's disappointed, that's hurting, 
that's looking to the head coach for leadership here to aggressively attack the problems that are really obvious that they have. And right now we're in a, you're in a, you're in a waiting game to see what he does. I mean, I don't, I've always said three years and I think that, that I was spot on with that. You know, you really got to give things three years, but now they've given it three years and the, and the problems that they've had in one and two haven't gone away in three and he's got to attack them head on. No, but Gary, I think they should give him two to three more years because he couldn't recruit to bring in the difference He's got those two on that more D-line. Years. There's huh? nobody looking to fire Al Golden. Al Golden's not getting fired. He's got, the, the, he's got the, that time. But, but, they, but feel, I don't the, think his scheme. I don't think his scheme. I think well, I don't think see the talent either. on that D-line. It's just it's, – it's, oh, there's no – you know when you see the D-tackles penetrating to make a new line of scrimmage to make the running back – go east to west before we even get to the line, there's none of that. I mean, there's a hole where the running back is not. He just goes straight through. He don't have to stop and cut, go east or west to, to try to, you know, it's, it's just open right there. There's no – you from the point of attack, the deep tackle, I mean, our goals have not been able to bring in different difference makers, deep tackles. Until you we get defensive tackles where you can get in there without with your front four like how we used to be able to do, Without having to blitz all the time, you, 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 I mean, he's not, he wasn't able to bring in the deep. He had Lewis Nix. He was a big-time recruit, deep tackle, a couple of years ago, and for some reason he decommitted. I think because of the recruiting violation or whatever we was going through, he couldn't bring in those big-time defensive difference makers, defensive tackles. Now the slate is clean. Now I'm looking to see what he's able to do the next two years. Can he bring not these JUCO D, D tackles until we get some D tackles? We, I mean, you're looking at the same thing. You need to bring in D tackles that's going to, you know, hold up the lineman claw the middle up to make a new penetrate. With, you, you're going to be looking at the same thing. Right now, the past two classes, I don't see any D tackles. This class, I'm not real – I'm not all that high on the D tackles this year. That's coming in, supposed to be coming in our class. You know, these next two years, I'm looking to see what type of D tackles are we going to be bringing in. Well, it's obviously one of the key, uh, key spots in recruiting this year, and it, it's certainly being addressed. I mean, you're seeing JUCO kids being brought in. Uh, Calvin Hurdaloo committed last week. Uh, Michael Weish has been on the commitment list for a while. You're seeing it with the freshmen. Uh, Trevante Valentine, who you got to hope sticks in this class, even though, as we just reported, he's going to take official visits to LSU and Alabama in January. Um, part of that could be he's also having academic issues, and there's no certainty uh, of him getting into school. But, you know, we'll, we're going to do some more digging into that and, and, and find out what's going on. But, you know, the defensive tackle position is being addressed. Uh, Cortell Jenkins is in this class. He's a, he'll be a freshman next year. Um, Moten from St. Anthony Moten from St. Thomas Aquinas is going to be in the class. So they're attacking the defensive tackle position as hard as you can. What has to happen is these kids have to be the right kids that are being picked. And I'm going to make one more point. Offensively, um, Stephen Morris, he just do not know how to read defenses. Uh, no. he, don't, he never He's heard good. of he, a check he, down. He, he had a horrible year. Time to let him go. You know, It's time to get over it. He's, he's done. His eligibility's up. Very disappointing, I, I thought, this year, the way he played. And I've been a Stephen Morris backer and fan throughout his entire career. Um, I thought he should have been the quarterback back when Ja'Cory got Donato over him and 
Um, I just I'm I'm very disappointed in his senior year and his develop his overall development in general. Um, I just don't feel like he's gotten better like he should have. And uh, hey, it's over. No more time left. What? One more point, and I'm, I'm uh, the whole put me on hold. Uh, Duke Johnson, I think our running backs need to get, you know, get more involved in catching the bad passes out the backfield. But Duke Johnson, I'm, I'm, he he's an all-purpose player. For him to only have, like when I look at the stats, four catches in the year, that's ridiculous. You know, before he got hurt, you know, he he, he needs to be, you know, you need to involve the running backs. That goes on hitting the running backs out the flat, you know. They just started he needs working. He needs to be used a lot more like that than running up the middle. That's all I have. You can put me on. All, all right, man. Thank you. Thank you for calling the show. Um, uh, give us a call again another time. You wanted me to leave you on hold, right? Yes, appreciate it. Okay, thanks for calling. All right, let's go now to the um, – let's go back to the 305 where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Are you with us? Going once, going twice, three times. All right, you'll have to call back. Um, let's go to the 210, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Are you with us? Hello? All right, sorry. I'm hitting some guys that have been on hold for a while. I guess they got, they got tired of waiting. Let's try the um, 813 now, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? How you doing, Gary? How you, uh, doing good. How you doing? Who's this? Uh, this is uh, Andre from Camp. What's going on, Andre? Oh man. And uh, you sound like you, you sound know, like you made that drive across I four. Well, I'm glad I I'm glad I did. I, I'm glad I didn't make it. Uh, I think I probably ran ran out on that field and grab I'll go up I'll go with but. Um, uh, you know, uh, you know with, with everything going on, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that he made the the best decision. I know he got, you know, he's a lost coach. He believe in, you know, if a player fits with him, he go he go stick with him too. So I'm just hoping that he makes the best decision, not just say for the coach, but for the players and for the the fans he has in Miami. Well, you know, I, I again, you know, I don't know what he thinks in in, in terms of Mark D'Onofrio and, and how big of a part of the problem he is. But you know, I, I think the entire fan base is looking towards Al Golden to figure out what is the problem and to correct it. And um, you know, we just got to wait and see what he does here now. But that's all we want, you know. I mean, that's all everybody uh, wants. They, they want to see the problems you know, addressed. I, I, we all, I mean, I'm not looking for a hot boy to get fired, or you know, or but I, I'm, I'm looking for, I'm looking for some fire from the players. I mean, I, I mean, it's been like I'm looking like Louisville and Chaka and Strong, and he he was so fucked up. They're like everybody was so pumped up about the game. And since I find him up and left, they pump in the uh, locker room. I mean, I know you probably heard this all night, but... I mean, well, I think I, when I just, things went I bad, think, it, 
when when things went bad, they did not have the fortitude to withstand it, and and it, it was disappointing. Not surprising, but disappointing. I, I, I'm just surprised because I mean, you know, you know, this is it, it's not a robbery, but when you talk about Miami Boys and and, and, and Teddy you know Teddy. on this one, you know, everyone's looking for the head coach to be the leader of the pack, so to speak, and address the problems. Hey, thank you so much for calling. Give us a call uh, next show. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you. All right. Let's go now to the um, 954, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? You with us? Hello? All right. Apologies, you got to be with us. You got to call back. All right, let's go to the two four zero where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Hey Gary, how you doing? Who's this? This is D Black Twenty One. What's up, man? Talk to us. Not much, man. Just you know, I'm over. I'm over. I'm over the bowl game. I'm over it. <laughs> I'm over it. It was, it was not easy, you know. It's not easy, but I'm over it. But just a couple comments, like everybody's been staying on this board. That they diehard Kings fans, and you know, I'm not doubting that because I'm one. I've been one since '85. But um, you know, one one of the callers said it wasn't scheme, and I gotta disagree with that to a degree. When you're playing quarters coverage, when you're playing Kansas, which is what they're known for playing quarters coverage, and your DBs are five to seven yards off the wide receiver. Now, on the snap of the ball, they're in a backpedal. So now they're like 10 to 12 yards away away from the receiver. I don't care who you got playing corner. You're not covering that receiver. You give this receiver a free release to get the top speed and that much cushion to do what he wants to do. It's not happening. It's just not not working. Unless you're Dion, and we don't have any Dion's. And coverage quarters works good if you have corners with length, tall corners, 6'1", 6'2", 6'3". We don't have those. And I'm all for a look. Either Denafio got to revamp his scheme and we need a new D-line coach, but something has to change on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, it's just that simple. Like you just stated not too long ago, Gary, you said the problems that we had in year one and year two is still current in year three. That's what yeah, the that's whole program is. And that's what's really troubling, and that's what Al Golden needs to look at. And he needs to do it exactly. honestly. And he's got to figure out what he needs to do to change that, and he quickly. Exactly. What I like, what I what I respect about you, Gary, is that you 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 don't you don't sugarcoat anything. You're a straight shooter. You tell it how it is, whether the fans like it or not. You're a straight shooter, and you've been hey, saying I mean, that. 
I'm as big an Al Golden fan as there is, uh, but but I see that this is a critical time for him. I mean, he exactly. can't be in denial of these problems. He's got to address them. Exactly. And I'm going to make a point on Duke Johnson. You remember back when Ward Dunn, a Florida State, and bring up an enemy's running back, but I got you on this point. You remember when Ward Dunn came to Florida State? He was 5'8", maybe 160 pounds, soaking wet. They had him listed at 5'8", 177 pounds. And he told Bobby Bowden, I want to redshirt. Bobby Bowden said, no, you're too special. You're too good for me to redshirt you. And they ran him in between the tackles. They ran him on the edges, and they got him in the passing game. That's how we need to use Duke. Duke is the same yep. height, but he's bigger than Warren Dunn was. Yeah, I felt the and whole they, year they were running him up the middle in, in short yardage situations way too much, and that's way too much pounding that his body's taking, and it can't support those big bodies piling on top of him like that. Exactly. They need to get him more so on the edges. And less in between. Now, okay, first and second down, that's fine. Run in between the tackles. But if you want short third and one, get him on the edges. Get him on the edges and let him be elusive. Let him do what he do. And what do you mm-hmm. think about the safety position? What do you think about Jenkins? I haven't think, seen too much uh, of this guy. I think Jenkins and Bush are average as can be, to be honest with you. And people are going to go, oh, my God, Bush is average? He doesn't know what the heck he's talking about. I mean, I don't see a lot of plays being made by either guy. Exactly. And, and, and I'm going to make this one last um, statement or point. Then you keep your hold, Gary, and you can elaborate on this. C.J. Jackson commits to Miami and come. Does the safeties we have on the roster have something to worry about? And you can leave me a hold. And I, I don't, I'm going to say no because he's, he's got to be a cornerback. He's not that big. You're okay. talking about J.C. Jackson. Yeah, he's, he's just not that big. In fact, I was with him this morning up in Orlando and uh, – I was really surprised. I thought he was a little bigger than than what he actually is. And uh, I mean, he's a well, heck of a cornerback. Well, he's the, a heck of a corner. What about the corners? I'm sorry. No, I was saying, well, what about the corners? Then will they have to uh, have something have to, something to worry, worry about? about? I mean, yeah. I think it's tough for a true freshman to come in and and play major minutes. I mean, you saw Artie Burns get a little time this year, but I mean, there's such a learning curve. That has to take place. So I would say no, but okay. you know this, this kid is a very good cornerback prospect. I watched him for uh, about an hour today, going against best receivers in the country, and uh, he's pretty good. Pretty good. Right, one more. Without one more. Without one question, more, one more, Gary. part of the guys that are left. Yeah, go ahead. One more. Then then I'm then I'm going for good. You just keeping your hold. Comparing him with Hargraves that we lost out last year. How would you rate? How would you rate the two as high school he's, seniors? He's, Probably not quite as far along today as Hargraves was. Um, you know, you got to remember Hargraves was the son of a football coach um, who was able to, to school that kid growing up, and and you know, even though he was a freshman this year in college, developmentally he was probably a junior. Uh, J.C. Jackson is not going to be that far along, but physically, probably similar talents. Okay. Hope that answers. Hope that answers your question. Yes. All right, I'm, so I'm going to put, put you on hold. Thank you uh, so much for calling and being part of the show. All right, let's shoot now out to the uh, 203, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Are you with us? All right, call back um, if you can. Let's go to the 561, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? 
Going once, going twice. You there? Come on, guys. You got to be quick, 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 quick here. Let's go to the um, the 407 where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. Going once, going twice, three times. You're out. Now to the 904 where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. You with us? Everyone, I guess, is getting tired of holding on. I apologize, guys. We got a million calls tonight, and I know some of you are having to hold on for a while, but I'm, I'm trying to get to as many of you as possible here in this show. Let's go to the 239, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, how you doing, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? This is Carlos. What's up, Carlos? What you got? Um, a couple questions. Number one, is any chance we get cooked? I don't feel real good about it. You know, I think he's going to Florida State, but, um, you know, he hasn't said no. So until he says yay or nay, you, you could continue to hold out hope, you know? No, I got for you. Some, so, reason, you know, not happy about the Valentine news. You know, for some reason, Dalvin Cook thinks that Miami didn't recruit him that hard early in the game. And I'm not quite sure what he's talking about. I mean, they've certainly recruited him hard this past year. You know, maybe he's talking about when he was a sophomore or junior, um, but for some reason um, he felt like they fell a little bit behind in that regard. And you know, I'm not quite sure why. If a kid really wants to go to a school, he would hold that against the school. But um, this is a little bit of a different kind of kid now. You know, I mean, he's good. He's plenty good. I was watching him quite a bit up in Orlando the last few days, and uh, he's the real deal. Um, he's got all the goods, but uh, I just don't get the impression that he's feeling Miami. I, I really, I, I'm expecting him to say he's going to Florida State. But, you know, we'll see. Any big surprises this weekend for us or any hope for, of anything good coming out? Or was he, um, or was he our best shot? Well, uh, there's not a lot of guys, that, you know, an- announcing. Uh, the other one that's really big is Travis Rudolph, and he's another one. Man, is he good. I mean, he's he's so polished as a receiver. He runs great routes, and uh, way beyond his time uh, in terms of what stage of his career he's at. And I, I think he's a kid that would come in and play right away next year. Uh, they're trying hard with him. You know, he was once a Miami commit. He decommitted, uh, fell in love with Florida State and Bama. Uh, he did tell me today Miami's still in it. Uh, in fact, we'll have that interview up on Kane Sport uh, later tonight or tomorrow morning. Um, I just got to find find the time to process the video. But um but yeah, I mean, he, you know, he did tell me today that Miami is still in it, so we'll see. But the, those are the two big ones that are going on with the Under Armour game. I and I just, I just, we we just need the horses. I mean, everybody's criticizing the coaches, and I understand because it's just, it's been hard. It's been hard. You know, a lot of it has been the coaches, but a lot of it is, you know, it doesn't matter how good of a jockey you are, you can't win the Kentucky Derby on a donkey. So no, but you, you know, know and, unfortunately, that and, falls on the coaches also. You know, that they handpick these players. And, you know, well, I mean, some of they, them didn't have any choices. I mean, some of them, they, they, they remember they were, you know, his first recruiting class was a last minute thing. He had to yeah, pick up was, some players he really didn't want. Yes, that doesn't count. Correct. You know what I'm saying? And then the second year, the you know, with the whole Shapiro thing, there was also, you know, he picked yeah. up a lot of two two star, no star players that he really didn't want. But the four and five stars didn't want to come to Miami. So he had to settle for and, those. And that's why this is going to be a five- or six-year rebuild, and, and, and I think that's okay 
Um, I think it's just impo- an important part of that five-year process is identifying the issues that exist right now and dealing with them, not pretending that they don't exist. You pretend they don't exist, you never get over the hump. And we've seen that here. We saw it happen to Randy Shannon. We saw it happen to Larry Coker. The, they never addressed the problems they were having ad- adequately, and they just keep snowballing and snowballing, and you never can get out from under them if you don't. That's where Al Golden is right now, in my opinion. And uh, you know, we have to see what you know how he sees it. I don't, I don't defend the offense, but I'm, you know, Stephen Morris, and you know what happened. But you got to give the man some credit. I mean, you lose your star running back. And then all of a sudden, your number one receiver is a true freshman. Your number two receiver is Dorsett. He came out of an injury. Then your number three receiver is Malcolm Dorsett Lewis. He came play. out of a major injury. Dorsett couldn't he didn't even play. play. Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. He's got injuries. I mean, Scott didn't even make the trip. I mean, you know, it's you got you know all these receivers that we were supposed to have at the beginning of the year that were either hurt, got hurt, you know, or got suspended, you know. So I don't know. I think Jed Fish didn't get a lot of credit. But he disguised a lot of our problems by mixing it up, you know, regular plays and then trick plays, you know, to disguise a lot of, hey, you know, Coley's a lot of Hey, Coley's trying the, to do the, the same thing. Yet. The other night, Coley called a, he called a halfback pass, and for some reason, Dallas Crawford didn't throw the football, and it was open and probably would have been a touchdown. And then on the other play, he, he called a flanker pass, and they had run the play 15 times in practice perfectly. And Stephen Morse threw the ball five yards behind the receiver. They ended up losing 16 yards on the play. So Coley's trying to do the same thing. Just not, just no, I got you. But they, they just don't have the horses. I don't know. I just hope everybody comes back healthy next year. And, and well, Kevin Olsen, you know, I, I hope Kevin Olsen is the real deal. Because they're not going to put Kaya and Williams would just be a Band-Aid. They need, they need to get somebody in well, there to, Ryan, to grow. Ryan Williams is one of the most improved players on the team this year, so we'll see how he shows up next year. We'll, we just have to, you know, I hate to keep saying the same thing, wait and see, but that's really the, where, where you are right now. I mean, you know, Ryan Williams is going to be the quarterback next year. There's no doubt in my mind. I mean, I'd be stunned. See, I'm not too happy. I'm not too excited about that because then all of a sudden he's a quarterback next year, for some oh. reason, we go nine and three. Then at the end of the year, we're right back to okay. Now we have well, a new starting quarterback coming. You're gonna go nine and three if you. Have I'd rather go. Nine, I'd rather go nine and three with with Kevin Olson, knowing that you well, know, you, give, but you get might him not all go that experience. Three, Kevin. You might not go nine and three with Kevin Olson. You might go six and six. And and that's the I, dilemma. I, you know what? I'll Look, take they, six they and six. They spent this entire season developing Ryan Williams. Okay, they're gonna start out next year with Ryan Williams. There's no doubt in my mind. Now. He he has been said to be one of the most improved guys on the team this year. Let's see how good he is. We'll, you know what? We're going to see in spring practice. You know, we'll yeah, be out just, there. We'll if be out if there they start Ryan Williams, we're going to be in the same boat next year, talking the same conversation. Well, let's next see. Year. Wait, let, let's wait a couple months. Let's see what he looks like in March and April, and, and then you know we'll have these shows. We'll talk about it. Um, I don't think it's fair to him for us to judge him. Nobody's seen him do anything, you know, other than a couple throws this year. So you know, I don't think we should. Be overly judgmental on Ryan Williams. Let's let's give him a shot. Let's see how he looks in spring practice, and then we'll debate it. Okay. Well, I mean, like I said, I'm not taking anything away from him. I'm just saying that he's not going to have the supporting cast around him to take us anywhere, you know, that we want to go next year. So might as well just put somebody. That's just well, my opinion. Uh, that, that is That's going to grow with the team, with the receivers. Whoa, whoa, slow down. Wait, time out. That is just flat not true. I mean, they have a lot of talent on the offensive side of the football coming back next year. I mean, think about the receivers you still have. You're going to have Dorsett. You're going to have Coley. 
Um, you got to hope Rashawn Scott at some point in his life gets his act together. Um, you know, you've got Clive Walford who has said he's coming back. Uh, you're going to have Duke Johnson back next year. You're bringing in a, a, if Yearby can re- recover from his injury, you're going to have him. You're going to have Brandon Powell, who's a dynamic skill player who's going to be able to help you as a true freshman, I'm sure. Um, you know, you can go on and on and on. There's going to be talent on the offensive side of the football now. It's going to be up to the quarterback to, to execute and use it properly. You know, the offensive line's got three guys coming back. I mean, they're going to have to rebuild a little bit, obviously. Like, but, but there's no excuses for the offense. I, I, I'm not – besides, I, like I said, I'm, I don't know. I'm not sold on the receivers right now. I'm not sold on – besides well, Colding and Dorsett at times, I'm not sold on the other ones. Well, losing Hearns is huge. He was their best route runner. He was a, yeah, a safety a safety blanket on third downs. I mean, that's a big loss, you know. So we'll see, we'll see who steps up. Who's going to fill that void? You, I think you got to hope it's Stacy Coley. You know, he's got to become a better. No, he's going to be a stud. He's going to be a stud. He's, yeah, he'll be a stud. His, I mean, he's just going to keep developing. He's not. He's not a complete receiver yet. Still has to learn how to run routes and things like that. But he had a great freshman year. Now he's got nine months to get better. All right, let me let you go and get some other people on. Thank you All so right. much for calling tonight. Give us a call. Uh, All right, next appreciate show. it, bro. All right, let's go now to the um, the nine five four where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. Hello. Yep, you're on the air. Okay, this <clears throat> is Jim T from uh, uh, Kane Sport. What's up, Jim? Uh, I got just a couple of points to make real quick, and then you can comment afterwards. Uh, has anybody ever asked Golden whether D'Onofrio is running his uh, defense, and that's why it's that way? Is it D'Onofrio or is it Golden? They're running both of their defense. I mean, they, <laughs> it's, their de- it's their defense. These Not guys, very well. they're, they're attached at the hip, okay? They're running their defense. So, then it, so it is the... Golden's defense. Of then. course. Okay. Well, everybody is hammering at D'Onofrio, nothing to Golden. The other one is on the offensive line. Uh, does does any of the other top uh, programs do they switch their offensive linemen around as much as we do? Not that I know of. I think that was one of the problems they had this year. I didn't like it. Yeah, that's I, I, I I like picking five guys and going with them. Yeah, I, that's always bothered me. The other, one, it just seems that the fire is gone. Uh, is it they're well, just getting a, used it, to losing, or it, why? It, it, uh, yeah, yeah. I think they're getting too used to losing. I think they're they're tired and beaten up, and I think they were they were ready for a break. You know, they didn't have the fortitude the other night. God, it's just terrible. You know, because uh, yep. the difference in the attitude from of Louisville and us was just incredible. Yep, it was very predictable though. You knew Louisville was bringing it with everything they had. Yeah, but why not us? That's the thing I, under, I don't understand. Game didn't, game didn't mean as much to Miami as it did to Louisville, for starters. Uh, you know, I don't. Uh-huh. I just, you know, as much as you try to manufacture that, uh-huh. I, I think you can't. You know, sometimes you can't. You know. Well, it's it's very depressing. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, hopefully that's, they'll get that's some all stuff I have. straight that's down. I appreciate what you're doing. All right. All right, Jim. Thank you so much for calling in. Give us a call next time. All right, guys, um, listen, we're, we're going to go over time here, um, obviously, but um, what I want you to, to try to do is when I get to you, just make your points quickly. Try not to be redundant to what we've already discussed on the show. 
I'm going to try to get to as many calls as I can, beginning right now with the uh, 225, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing? Hey, Gary. What's going on, man? What's up? Who's this? Hey, this is Jason. Look, I'm going to make my points real quick. Um, first of all, you said that you, you, know, you, don't, you don't know where to start in terms of uh, who to point the finger at. I've always told you you got to start with Al Golden because he always say in his press conference, you know, it starts with me. Point the finger at me. Point the oh, finger he would at say the same he, thing, yes. And he also says that, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, that it, there's nothing that goes on in a program that he does not approve. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so with that defensive scheme, and I know I'm beating a dead horse, but I'm just making the – I'm trying to make it as clear as possible because – when you look at the game, I think that they the defense was on the field seventy six plays. I want to say, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's. Uh, I believe that's correct. Wait, I've got it right in front of me here. Um, seventy six plays, correct? Did we lose you? I don't know. Um, well, if we did, I'm sorry about that. Um, let me see if this was a – are you there? Hello? Um, sorry about that. If if, uh, if you got disconnected, darn, you were making <laughs> some some great points too. All right, let's go to the 413 where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Yeah, hello? Yeah. Hello? Yeah, how you doing? You're there. Hey, hey I'm just um, calling really to, to talk about a few things that I haven't spoken about as far as, you know, people want to put blame. Um, one of the biggest things I think – there's a problem at Miami right now as far as the talent is, is our talent is real inexperienced. And so when you get into a game with Louisville who's running around with a lot of upperclassmen and kids that are ready to go into the draft and so on and so forth, and our top talent is freshmen and sophomores and underclassmen, you know, I think that that's part of the problem when we march out there. You know, we march it out there with freshmen, a lot of sophomores. Yeah, they're four- and five-star players, but they're not developed fully yet. No doubt so, about yeah, it. And, 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 and playing so many of these young kids before they're ready is really hurting the program, in my opinion, because by the time they get good enough to really play, they're already juniors and seniors and they're gone. You know? So I don't know. You know, It's a vicious circle. Yeah. We're, not getting, we're not getting the red but, shirt. But, 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 but you're seeing the problem because you know, everyone's sitting here and you, you've listened to it all night for the last two hours. I mean, everybody wants to fire this coach, fire that coach. So the coaches are between a rock and a hard place because you know they're trying to keep their job and they're trying to be successful. So they're playing these young kids who aren't ready, and then by playing them, they're setting themselves back because they're not properly developing these kids the way they really need to be developed before they get on the field. And you just keep going around in circles. Yeah, and I, I, right now with the fan base, I think it's just a, it's, a, it's a selfish thing, and I understand it. When I sat down and watched that game, believe me, I was pissed off too. I'm ready to throw things. But when you sit down and you think about it and you put things in perspective and, and you know, you get the emotion out of it, you got to understand they came into a bad situation. And, and I'm not making excuses for them. And, and what Denofrio, he, he does have to step it up. But they came into a bad situation as far as numbers, talent standpoint. Then, they, you know, they had the recruiting scandal. We missed out on a lot. I mean, it, the evaluations haven't been great. But we missed out on some kids, and I'm sure some of that has been to the probation. Um, situation in the scandal with Shapiro, and we, you know, some of those kids that went to other schools and they they flourished, and you know, there were kids that we recruited that I'm sure probably didn't come because they didn't want to play under that, you know, under that that uh, you know, that light or whatever the case, and, and 
you know, you got to factor those things in. We got a elite recruit class. I don't want to give Golden six years, um, five, six years, not not to win the ACC. If we talk a national championship, that's fine. You know, I, I don't think we have to. We should have to wait another five years for him to win the ACC. I think we should be in the mix next year. And in two years from now, if, if we're not talking ACC, you know, championship, or if we're not in that game competing, you know, with, with Florida State or so on and so forth, then I think, you know, forget just firing a defense coordinator. We need to start talking about reevaluating the whole program. But as of right now, I can't, you know, it's hard for me to make that decision knowing what they walked into and what they had to deal with the last two years. Yeah, I think that's very fair. And, very and, fair. You know, in, in regards to the D-line, you know, I, I, you know, we Chicolo is, is somebody who I think, you know, we kill him a lot because we expect him to be this super stud. But I think he's developing at a solid pace. I don't, you know, he's not a, is he a superstar right now. No, he's not. But he's not, you know, by any means, he's not killing us out there. He's making plays. He's, he's getting penetration. I believe he's got, you know, the most tackles for loss. Um, after Shayon Green on the defensive line or whatever the case, and, and there are kids out there that are developing that you know. They just need that time. I mean, it's not like we put out a, a veteran defense um, where, where kids know what they're doing. You know, we got a lot of guys blowing coverages and just not making veteran moves, and, you know, they just have to be developed. If we can be a little more patient and, and, and get out of that 80s and 90s thinking where, you know, because we get a kid from this region, you know, he's going to step on the field his freshman year and have an impact and be ready to go, you know, I don't think that's the case, even with the class coming in. We can't expect for them guys to get on the roster, come out there next year, and you know make a great deal of a difference for us. You know, we we pretty much got to build with the kids that are there already. I hope we can sprinkle those kids in, and they can you know help out or maybe assist or push us over the top. But those kids are not going to be the reason we win anything next year. It's the kids that are already in the program, the kids that go through spring ball, that go through the U tough, that go through you know all of that stuff. Those are the kids that's going to determine our fate next year. And, and the kids that we need to get behind and, and, you know, pray that they get us to where we need to be. Great so point. That's all I wanted to talk about. Thanks, thanks so much for being part of the show tonight. Give us a call next time. Yep, take care. All right, let's go now to the uh, 951, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, how you doing? Doing good. Hello? Who's this? Um, it's T. All right, T, what you got? It's T. Oh, sorry if I'm wrong. I just called to make a few points. I, I'm not going to be long. I know it's late. Um, I just wanted to know, like, um, I heard you saying earlier about the defense and how we don't have enough talent. And it's like I can't really agree with that because I think, like, there's no way 90 teams or 89 teams are better than what we have on the field at Miami. I think it's scheme, I'm not saying I 90. I think the talent's comparable to, to the teams like North Carolina and those, those, you know, obviously Wake Forest and those type of teams. It, it's obviously better than. But, you know, what I mean is when you get into a game against a good team, a team that's a top 10, top 15 level team right now, the talent's not good enough. And you're seeing you're getting blown out of every one of those games. And so not only is the talent not good enough, but the coaching isn't good enough to um, compensate for it. Okay, so I, that's what I think. I, I'm, I'm disagreeing. I don't know if it's the talent. I mean, because I'll be honest, I, coach at, I, I used to coach at Inglewood High School in California, and we didn't have much talent, but the defensive schemes we ran, it, it, it allowed those players to be free. You know, it's like you use what you have. 
you know, and I heard a player, a caller, I'm sorry, a caller last week talking about um, what's the guy from New Jersey that came down last year um, to play in a, um, all, the Army All-Star game? I can't remember. McCord, not McCord. Um, Muhammad. Well, Muhammad, that's it. Yeah, when he was playing against Florida State, I saw this guy breaking through the line, and one of the callers was like, he looked out of place and out of order. But to me, I saw that as a scrim. He's obviously fast. He's obviously making – he got the um, quarterback off his rhythm, made him run out the pocket. Use that. Like, that's one of his strengths, obviously. Use it. Like, I, I, don't, I just don't get it. Like, you play – you use your talent for what you have. Use Work with their strengths, not yours. You're trying to fit them into, like, you're trying to put a, 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 a circle into a square, and it's not working. You know, and I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm a, I'm, I'm a born Kane fan. I'm from Miami. I live in California. I just moved back to Florida from California. But I'm looking at, like, from when, let's go back just recently, not recently, 10 years ago when Miami came back up from the sanctions and from the 90s. You had, like, people like Santana Moss who, what he played his senior year of high school, had six touchdowns, and we got him on a track scholarship. You had Ed Reed who had one other offer. And so I can't really take those as excuses. I think it's the passion that the player's not playing with. It's something missing. It's, I don't know what it is. It's something that I don't know what they're recruiting, mama's boys. But, like, I see Duke Johnson, he plays with passion. You know, he's not that big, but he plays with that old hurricane swag, and I don't see that in other guys. And Stephen Moore is just, I don't know, that was just a waste of two years to me. But I wish the brother the best. And that's pretty much it for me. I'm just – that's for the first time in years, man. I was heartbroken. I felt like I, I, I saw a funeral or something, man. I couldn't even watch the rest of the game. I turned it off when he threw that pick on a five-yard line. I yep. just turned the game off and started drinking. Then <laughs> I had all kind of kept coming through. And you, and you haven't stopped since, like, right? <laughs> <laughs> it, it was hurtful, man. And just I had friends. When when you got Ohio State fans texting you condolences, like I'm sorry, <laughs> man. That's not good. I know. That's All right, hey, good. thanks. Um, thanks for hollering at us. Uh, give us a call next time, okay? Okay. All right, thank you. All right, let's shoot now. Four oh four. You are now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? I'm good, Gary. How you doing? Doing good. Who's this? Gary. Uh, Matt from Atlanta. Hey, What's up, Matt? What I, you I just got? want to, in terms of the psyche of these kids on the defensive end, I look at the offensive side of the ball and I see injuries and I understand that we were short-handed. But to me, these kids have to feel totally deep down. I mean, they, I mean, this is three years going on, three years in the last half of this season. I, to me, the psyche of these kids is, has to be literally in the gutter. And that the only way you could change it and breathe new air into these kids is making a change. Because, I, agree. I mean, they're not going to come out and say, oh, yeah, we don't like this team. But, I mean, behind closed doors, you know, these guys are serious. I mean, they came to Miami to win. You know, they want to play at the next level, and they're going out and giving up 500 yards every game here at the end of the year. Their psyche and their attitude has to be absolutely in the gutter. And the only way you can breathe life into that is you have to make a change. I agree. You have to make some changes. You have to change the chemistry. Now, what that means that's Al Golden's department, but I agree with you. They can't come back the same way next year. Yeah, he's gotta, I mean, because he's, it, he's got to make some staff changes. He, he's just got to change the whole chemistry of the operation, uh, be, you know, to to, to kind of reinvigorate things. Exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, a perfect example is Auburn. 
the offense yep. is pitiful now, Perfect. you see. And they brought in a competent offensive coordinator, and like that, they breathed confidence into this guy. They believed in him. And, and, and to me, that's the whole key with Golden moving forward, is you've got to look at these players and know that their attitude, it, it, it's got to be, I mean, literally as low as it can get. And, and speaking to the point of Louisville wanting to gain more, that speaks volumes that we came out and performed that way, and it didn't seem like our kids cared as much because they're beaten down. Yep. You know? Don't disagree at all. Uh, well, I appreciate it, and um, I hope hope for good days ahead, and hope we have the. I think we have the right man. I just hope he has enough uh, fortitude to make these changes. All right, man. All thanks right. for calling in. Uh, give us a call next time. All right, bye. All right, let, all right let's go now. Five six one. You are now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing? Yo, what's up, Gabe? This is Scooter. What's shaking? Hey, what's up, Scooter? What hey. you got? Yeah, uh, you know, I know a lot of people talk about recruiting and Dalvin Cook and everything like that, but uh, I'm a big NFL fan, too. Usually the teams that win, they have, like, an it quarterback, like a Peyton Manning, yep. Tom Brady, whatever. You know, and, and the NFL puts so much more of a premium on the quarterback. You know, where, like, the running back, it's just kind of like, it's like a committee, you know. And, and yeah. you look at I mean, the reason why I'm saying this because you look at like even um, you know when we played Louis though it looked like the two teams were pretty much the same except they had an amazing quarterback and we didn't really have one you know that was the biggest difference yeah. I mean I think I mean, they, they have a lot better too. they have better defensive talent too but they their quarterback was miles better than Stephen Martin yeah and I mean even Florida State look what Winston did to that program. Yep. Imagine if they took. Imagine you take that Winston in that equation. I mean, they still are an amazing team, but he just took them to the another another level, man. Yeah, well, you, you so put I, Winston with with uh, top five recruiting classes three years in a row, and that's what you have: national championship team. Yeah, I mean, so the point I'm getting at is is that with recruiting, I think it's all about the quarterback. I think like miles and miles ahead of any other position. Like you know, people get excited about a defensive lineman and all that. Every but. team. Every Miami team that was ever great had a great quarterback. Any team that's ever great had a great quarterback. Yep. Well, well I mean, the, you know, sometimes I mean, there's exceptions, but yeah, I mean, but, you but, have to have a good. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I mean, but, say, man, but every had, Miami team that won a national title had a great quarterback. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I don't know how they're going to approach the quarterback position. You know, I guess all the eggs are with Kaya now. But I, I'm kind of – I know you're a big Brian Williams fan, but I mean – Okay, I didn't say I'm a Brian Williams fan. No, wait, time well, out. I never, I never would have thought he would ever be the quarterback at Miami. In fact, as recently as a year ago, I was saying he would never play at Miami. Well, well you're not he saying that. I mean, well, just just, just think, of it, think, of it, think of it this way. Maybe you'll, you'll get a, a, a new thought of this. He's here for one more year. You know, okay, good. Oh, man, let's say he's like, he does amazing. I mean, there's a limit. To, to like Ohio wins, but even we got one year, and that's it. Then he's gone. Then we're gonna have to start all over with somebody. Well, it's yeah, but he might buy. The good thing about Ryan Williams right now is he might buy you time to develop the younger kids, and that's way better than throwing them into the fire. Mm, I mean, yeah, you're, you're talking about another development year. I don't well, know, yeah, man. Next, next year you're gonna have you're gonna still be developing Kevin Olson. Um, you're going to have Kaya and Rozier coming into the program. You're going to have three young quarterbacks. Okay, what about Kaya Olsen? Do you need another year to develop him? Or? He, I mean, he, doesn't, he, he doesn't look close to me. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. 
uh, we'll see in spring practice a little better, but he did when I saw him, and from you know just from what I've heard and stuff. I mean, I he doesn't look close to me. We need a quarterback, man. If we want to do any kind of winning, we need a quarterback. That's that's the biggest thing. No. Forget about Cook. Forget about all these other clowns. We need a good. We, we're always going to have a quarterback. back. We need a quarterback. That's like the biggest thing I think we've we've been missing. So no argument. Yeah. All right, hey, thanks all right, for calling man. in. Give, give us a call next time. All right, bro. All right, uh, Kevin Olson. You know, gets suspended from the team for the bowl game. Hard to count on him to be the starting quarterback in nine months. Uh, but I guess we'll see how he shows up at spring practice. Let's go to 678. You're now on Kane Sport Live. Thanks, Greg. Good evening. How you doing? Doing good. Who's this? Uh, this is Atlanta Kane. You never hey, get where up, I'm calling Atlanta? from. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, hey listen, first, hey, I'm doing fine. Hey, look, first off, uh, kudos to you and your staff for another great job this year. You guys did a, a terrific job covering the team on behalf of everybody. Really thank you for thank what you guys did. Thank you. Um, we appreciate just, that. Uh, just some quick comments, and then I've got a question at the end for you. Um, given FSU's level of talent, I thought losing to them was kind of a given. I think our fans kind of accepted that. But I think folks were mad after losing Virginia Tech, and then with the way the Canes lost and played against Duke, people were furious. And then I think after Saturday night, I think fans are just dumb, you know, after what happened. On defense, in the games against North Carolina, Wake, FSU, and Virginia Tech, four weeks in a row, their opposing wide receivers ran routes across the middle untouched and wide open. Um, I thought our defensive ends crashed inward way too much, allowing, allowing opposing running backs to run free around the edge. On offense, two things that worry me a little bit about Coley this, this year. You know, as the quarterback coach, um, a fifth-year senior should have played better or developed better, but it didn't happen. And I don't recall seeing very many crossing routes by receivers or post patterns or thrown to the running back coming out of the backfield or in the flat. Uh, the last thing is just regarding the level of talent. Um, I see it on your board, and I talked to people Saturday night. They are just convinced that there's no way that Louisville had better talent than Miami. Well, they certainly they did had on defense. more talent. They certainly did. Well, they had it on offense, too, considering the scoreboard. And I think well, one the, thing quarter, the quarterback was at, so, at such a whole other level oh, yeah. that it might, yeah. it might have looked that way. But yeah. where the real disparity was was on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, and, and really, I, I, the defense deserves some credit. They deserve better, certainly after that first quarter, because they really, I thought they played one of their best games, at least in the first quarter of the season. But I think one thing where people have to remember about it, about our level of talent on our team, you think back 10 years ago at running back, we had McGahee, Portis, and Gordon. McGahee goes down. Look who look who goes in the breach. We lose yep. Duke this year, and our offense was paralyzed. We, we, yep. we had no one else. We didn't have another Duke-type player. And until we can stockpile, you know, we're not going to be back to where we want to be. Uh, the last no doubt about question. it. Any, any, any uh, last uh, question? Any chance that you can get Coach Golden for one of these events? To come on and answer questions? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah to come on um, the show with any, any shot at that. I would say there is no chance that the university will allow that because, right. you know, they like con- controlled environments. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Well, this would for, not be very for, controlled. You'd have to And this show, as great as it is, and, 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 and I compliment – we've gone through it the whole year. I compliment everybody that's listening, everybody that's called in. I think the show has been absolutely phenomenal. Um, yeah. I don't think I would classify it as a controlled environment for no, for, for Al Golden to come join. You would definitely need uh, you definitely need the uh, delay button. That's for sure. Well, listen, <laughs> thanks for a great year with these show, with these shows. These these online radio shows have been great. Uh, thank you. Hey, thanks for calling tonight too. Give us a call. We'll, you we'll, bet. We're, we're, we're going to continue these through the off season. So yeah, call, call back. Well, happy happy New Year to you. Take care.
Same to you. Bye-bye. Okay. All right, we're going to try to squeeze a few more in here real quick. For those that have been waiting, uh, let's try the 240. You're on Kane Sport Live. Are you there? All right. Um, another from the 240. You are on Kane Sport Live. Hello? Hello? You're on. Yes, sir. Hey, oh, you've already been on. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm going to put you back on hold. My, yeah, my mistake. I'm going to put you back. Okay, let's go to the uh, 305. You're on Kane Sport Live. Hello? All right. Um, another one in the 305. You are on Hey, Gary, Sport how are you doing? Live. Doing good. Who's hey, this? Hey, Gary, how are you doing? This is Andrew. Yep. Hey, what's up, Andrew? What you got? Um, everybody's been talking about um, QBs tonight. Um, I know you brought it up before with the with the quarterback situation, but how do you feel about the quarterback from FSU, Jacob Coker? You know, I'm waiting to see. I had heard that he he might – be graduating this year it might look to transfer someplace and um obviously it's you know they're they're in the national title game right now he's he's at the rose bowl with his team uh so nobody really knows what's going on there right now but would not shock me you know he he was coached by james coley in tallahassee and uh, yeah that's why i thought it'd be a great fit i think he's better than ryan williams so you know he might see an opportunity to come play one year down in miami would not shock me in the least yeah, and, and hey, you know, over if too. you and everybody else wants to dream a little bit, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is graduating from Louisville. <laughs> so, you know, if he decides not to go to the NFL and he wants to play one more year in his hometown, he could come on down also. But I wouldn't hold my <laughs> breath for that. I wouldn't hold my breath. <laughs> and do you know if any of the guys, um, any of our commits from the Under Armour are, are recruiting Damian Prince? Because yes. uh, he has a visit coming up, right? Yes, he does. And um, – Spoke to Damian Prince yesterday, and he's not uh, competing up there because he's hurt, but uh, he is very interested in Miami. Uh, I, I wouldn't say Miami's the favorite. Um, you know, that would probably have to be classified maybe as Maryland, but um, he, he did say he's given Miami a fair shot. He's coming down on a visit next month, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Nice, good, big, big, good-looking kid. Okay, and uh, one more question was, uh, did Michael Weiss qualify or no? As far as we know, he's he's going to okay. be all set. All right, thanks, Gary. Have a happy New Year. All right. Yep. Thanks for calling. All right. Let's see. Let's go to the um, the five one three where you are now on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? What's up, Gary? What's going on, man? This is Tim good. from Cincinnati. How you doing? What'd you say, Tim? Hey, hey, man. First of all, I just want to say this. I've been listening. I've been on hold and everything. You have a great show, great website. Do a good job. Thank now, you, since that's out the way, Gary, no problem. I was doing, when that game was over Saturday, the George Jefferson dance, for the whole, I'm serious, when, when I saw Morris leave the field, I said, hallelujah, I, I kid you not, it was like Will Smith sneaking past Uncle Phil when he was coming in late for curfew. I was so happy because I felt like, finally, this is when Golden's tenure starts. I, I feel like he, he maximized what he could with this class, with this senior class, and now this is when I'm going to start judging Golden. Because I feel like now, Golden, you're getting your class in with 2014. It's time to start showing me what you got now. Because to be fair. honest with you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can hear, can you hear me, Gary? Yeah, that, that, I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 just, I just feel like, you know, you know they obviously didn't have enough talent. We, we all know this. We can say defensive coordinators, but let's just be real, okay? 
Porter was not going anywhere. Uh, uh, Gaines, I screamed so loud, my wife had to literally almost put me in timeout. That's how frustrated I was. But what do we have? He's playing with people who should be redshirting. AQM should be redshirted. Chicklow should have been redshirted. I can keep going. Howard should have been redshirted. Bush, Jenkins. I mean, come on, guys. You know what I mean? It frustrates me because everyone's putting these expectations to say, okay, we should have been 11-1. And, and, and I'm like, come on, guys. He's playing with a half deck. Them kids by the Louisville – you know, they treated this, this game probably like a vacation. They probably just said, wow, we're in Disney World, and this is great, and I get a $450 gift card to Best Buy, and this yeah. is great. And, I'm, and I, You know what I mean? It, you could tell it was like mentally they were spent. As much as they've been through, especially the sophomores, the juniors, the juniors, this was their first time playing in the bowl game. I mean, they were just spent. So at this point, and I'm just venting, Gary. I don't, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm a Canes fan. I am, but I am also realistic. I just think that, you know, Coley probably was glad that Morris left. I think that now, you know, maybe he's buying time with Williams. Who knows? But I'm yeah, pretty sure I think that's that. An accurate, I think that's accurate. I think they're buying time with Williams to develop one of these young yeah, quarterbacks. I, and the best man's yeah, going to win. Yeah, and, and, and that's all, Gary. I mean, I just, I just, you know, I'm listening to everyone saying fire coach and outfield. Does he need to adjust things? Sure. Golden ain't stupid. He knows to cement his legacy here. He has to do what he needs to do. But come on, he's playing these kids. Some of these kids ain't even physically developed yet. AQM yep. was getting. I saw. I heard one guy. And this is the last one we'll make. I'm gonna go ahead and go. I heard one guy say, "Oh well, you know, just utilize his talents." The guy was getting pushed around all pushed year. Pushed around like crazy. Never should have been all, on right, the field right. this year. Right, that's like me push my little son, and he's three. He's not yep. physically ready. So no, that's all, not Gary. Like I said, this, yeah, I mean, defense, it, it, it's just, I don't know, Gary. Like I said, man, great show. Just keep me on hold, and I'll just wait you, wait you out. All right, thanks for calling. Um, all right, Let's man. see, um, final call of the night. In the 904, you are now live on Kane Sport Live. Gary. Yes, sir. How you doing, man? How you doing today? Who's this? It's uh, Antoine from uh, Jacksonville. How you doing? What's up, Antoine? Hey, man, I want to ask you. I want to ask you two things. I want to ask you about, man. Looking at Miami's defense, looking at how we play defense, do we not resemble Penn State, Ohio State, and our like a Big Ten team the way we play defense? You might. I guess you could make that point. Okay, and that's. Uh, it seems as though they're. You know, those guys from from Northeast. And they're not used to getting players with the speed that, that he can get down here. And it looks as though he's he's trying to make us play a northeast style of football in the south with better athletes. It looks that way to me. Am I wrong? You know, I don't know. You know, I, I see it a little differently. I've seen them try everything. You know, I think they've tried four three. I think they've tried five two. I I think they've tried the blitz and guys didn't get there. Uh, I think they're just not there right now on defense. I think there's still a couple more recruiting classes away, and that doesn't mean that everything they're doing from a coaching and scheme standpoint is right. And that's where it falls into Al Golden's hands to evaluate that and, and make whatever adjustments he needs to make. Okay. Now, uh, we uh, in 2011, he came in at the end of the year, and Randy Shannon only had like four commits, and that was really a big problem. So we had to take together a class at the end, and 2012 and 2013 was really his first classes. 
Now, he got better. He seems like he's got better talent in those classes that they may not be ready for no reason other than he Al Golden, I think he's loyal to his seniors to a fault because it seems as though he'll put a senior on the field even though he may not be the best player talent-wise to get on the field. Case in point, Highsmith. Highsmith in games, they, those guys should never be on the field. Now, I know you're saying they're, they're seniors and they're, you know, they may know the defense, but if you put a guy in that may have a little bit less knowledge, may not be as, you know, Gaines knows where to be, but he never makes a play. You understand what I'm saying? He knows where to be, but when he gets there, he doesn't make the play. I'd rather have a guy learn on the job, simplify it for him, let like Kirby get in there and say, okay, Kirby, we're going to simplify it for you. Kirby will make a play. He looks like a Miami caliber linebacker. I'm not down in games or high smith. But, man, I watched the play when we played North Carolina, and it was, it, I couldn't even believe it. I watched Ebron turn the corner on Highsmith, and on Bristol ran, ran he, he sucked in Highsmith and almost tackled Ebron, and Highsmith had a five-yard head start. Am I crazy when I saw that? No. Highsmith should never have been on the field or been in special teams. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. But you know, that's that's what that's what I mean when I when I say that there's just a talent void. I, I just I, I know he brought in guys who are who are younger, but I would rather let the freshmen and sophomores let them play. I know they're not. I know they may not be ready, but Highsmith and games they know where to be. But when they get there, there's nothing. There's nothing's going to happen. Uh, Shayon Green. Oh, and I'm actually about the, the, the scheme too. Shayon Green is covering guys in the flat with two reconstructed knees. Am I crazy? What are we doing? Shit, I agree. You can't cover my little girl. In the flat. <laughs> in the flat. Come on, Garrett, man. Come on, Garrett. Now, come on. I mean, I, I know, I know, he, I know he, he suck it out. He's a, he's a cane through and through, and I have nothing against Sheon Green. But that you should never have a scene where Sheon Green is 10, 15 years, yards down the field covering somebody in the short zone, man. Come on, Garrett. Come on, man. Can't, can't argue with you. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I ain't gonna hold you up, man. I just, I just had this. I, I, I know I wasn't the only one that saw. I was like, well, but our scheme, and I, I know we don't have the defensive tackles that we should because of the probation and Randy Shannon left us with nothing. But the scheme is, we, 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 we were supposed to hold the line up and then make a play after we hold the guy up. Well, if you, if you, if you play that style, it takes grown men to play that style. That's what they do in the NFL. Grown men play that style. These guys in high school can't play that until they see them. I'm, I'm sorry, Gary, man. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. Hey, great points. <laughs> All right, I'll right, let you go. Hey, 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 thank you so much for calling. Uh, give us a call next show. All right, man. Have a good one, man. You too. All right, you too. Well, everybody, I think tonight's show was awesome. You know, everyone obviously has a lot of frustration to get off their chest. Uh, Obviously, the same recurring theme that we've been hearing all season long. People are looking for changes on defense. Uh, they want to see coaching changes. Uh, I think it's hard to argue that something needs to change with the chemistry on that side of the football. It's, it's been a total disaster once again this year. Does that mean Mark D'Onofrio has to be fired? Uh, I'm not going to say that because I'm, I'm not convinced that that is necessarily the case, either in necessity or in what's going to happen, but I do think they cannot come back with the same group of coaches 
on that side of the ball that they had this year. There's clearly a disconnect with some of the players. There's clearly a chemistry issue. It's not working. Al Golden, in my mind, must shake things up a little bit and, and create um, just a different atmosphere and, and some hope, I guess, uh, might be the appropriate word. Um, so right now, holding pattern, see what he does. We'll continue to monitor it, obviously, and continue to discuss it here in the, current, in the coming weeks. Uh, next Kane Sport live show will be uh, Tuesday night, January 7th. Obviously, we'll start talking a lot about recruiting as we count down towards signing day. Uh, we'll pick up where we left off tonight, talking about the team. Uh, thank you to everybody that called in. Thank you to everybody that listened. And we will see you uh, next time on Kane Sport Live.